My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. So excited. Today's our Mortal Kombat episode. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's a, that's actually a clip from the film. Uh, Straight from it. Says a lot about the movie. If you've never listened to the show before, we talk about things that are streaming, which, lucky for us, is almost everything nowadays. So we, we crack the code. Including Mortal Kombat. That is true. On HBO Max. Property of Warner Brothers. Lucky us. We have a special guest this evening. Uh, Alex is joining us. Now, you may Hi. remember Alex. Hey, say, say hello, Alex. I'm sorry. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, had a, a, you had a pretty successful podcast yourself, didn't you? It was a for, PlayStation. For a minute. What, what was that again? Sorry, my headphones got real quiet. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I did a, had a podcast for him, and I did one with a couple of friends about the NBA, and then I kind of just fell out of love with that for a little bit, and then did one about the uh, about video games, more specifically PlayStation. Uh, the PlayStation forecast. For like, the PlayStation forecast. Hell and I uh, did that for like a year and some change. Uh and then just crash hard, man. Like that, the <laughs> wind out of the sails on that. It's just one of those where I just, you know, was like, cool, like did that. Don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. We don't know what that's like at streaming things at all. We've been very <laughs> consistent and motivated from day one. I've always said we should change the name to consistent things. <laughs> uh, Alex, if you don't know, that's funny because we've had, this is our third reboot of this show. Excellent. Um, and in fact, I remember at the time when you ended PlayStation forecast though, you actually had like a, Hey, this is my last episode. And it was very planned. Yeah. See, we don't do that. We just kind of see y'all next week. And, <laughs> and then we're done for a year and a half. So we like to keep them I waiting. feel like the, the, this is like parentheses, not entirely close parentheses. Last episode was me. It was like 15 minutes of me just lying to myself. Like I'm just sitting <laughs> staring at the camera. Like, yeah, sure. I'm definitely going to be back for PS five in the back of my head. I'm like, dude, the minute you stop, like, you know, like that thing is done. Well, lucky for you, there have been almost zero PS5 games, so it wouldn't be a whole lot to talk about. That's, That's actually a source of resentment for me because Andy got me a PS5 on launch and I was all excited to be one of the first. And it has served no purpose other than to play PS4 games a little faster. Yeah, like, so that's far. like I have like exclusively played Overwatch for the last year. Yeah, Apex Legends for me. Apex Legends for me. Yeah, and he's still holding the the Returnal comes out here in a week, dude. I'm excited. Returnal looks sick. I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah, it's not, I mean, I'm not dropping 600 bucks to play Returnal, but like how about you? <laughs> All right. All right. So let's start us off with our crossing stream segment where we delve into the things we've been streaming since last we met. Andy, as always, carry that banner. OK, so the other day I decided I wanted to cover up this god awful tattoo that I have on my arm. It is a question mark and exclamation point sharing a dot at the time when I was like <laughs> in my late teens, early 20s. I It's right here, Steve. If you want to see it, Alex, you can see it, too. <laughs> that tattoo so, to me just says, huh? The, <laughs> and that's and that's the general impression most people get to me at the time. It meant understanding and expression are not mutually exclusive. They are shared. But yeah, that's the thought I had. The general, yeah, the general cringe consensus is, huh? So anyway, also the artist that did it has since like become an iron horseman and like kills people okay. and stuff. So I kind of don't like that. He's the one that put this on my arm. So anyway, wow. I was trying to figure out what kind of tattoo I want to get next. And, uh, Inevitably, the defaults for me are always going to be movies or music because those are the big things in my life. 
or video games, but my last tattoo was a giant uh, Majora's Mask tattoo. Yeah, tattoo's dope. So thank you. Uh, I'm good on video games for, for now. So I was like, movies or music? And I was like, well, I'm covering up one, and the the other one on the arm I'm leaving is music one, so I'm going to go with movies. And I was like, okay, so what kind of movie tattoo do I want to get? And so I started thinking about the type of movie that I want to get a tattoo of. And so my default immediate was uh, one of the ones we talked about recently, which is Almost Famous, because that's kind mm-hmm. of a how did Andy become the person that he is today type of movie. And I was like, do I really want Kate Hudson on my arm? And I was like, yes, I do. She's a gorgeous woman, and I love that movie. But also... <laughs> like the poster of Almost Famous? Well, like her with her sunglasses yeah. on. Like, yeah, like the, you know, the iconic image of Kate Hudson when you think Almost Famous is what I'm thinking of. But then I thought, okay, if they fuck that up, how bad would it be? And the answer in the back of my head was really bad. Like, if they fuck it up, it's a problem if you get a celebrity tattoo. And I was like, okay, so if I get a tattoo of a movie it is probably going to have a famous person on there if it does not look like that famous person that is going to be a problem my next issue if i do get a tattoo of a famous person on my arm and that tattoo looks just like them great if they turn out to be a terrible person that's a problem there is somebody out there that has a tattoo of kevin spacey and they regret it (laughs) yeah no matter how realistic it is they it's like all the it's all the parents that named their daughters Khaleesi before Game yeah. of Thrones. <laughs> right. Yeah. Before yeah. season eight, they fucked up. Right. So I was like, okay, so I want to get a tattoo. I want to get a movie tattoo. I want it to be a movie that I love, but I don't want it to have famous people. What movies do I love that don't have famous people in it? Our movies. Or animated. Right. <laughs> or... And so my head was like, animated movies. Okay, what animated movies do I love? And so I was like, okay, I love, you know, um, all of the Studio Ghibli films. Those are great. Would I do any of those? And eh, probably not. I don't love them enough. And then I thought. You don't want a giant Totoro on your arm? <laughs> right. You know, that'd be dope, honestly. Be or Princess Mononoke. That would honestly probably be cool. Or what's the pig? The pig that flies the plane? What's his name? Rosso. Yeah. There it is. Porco Rosso, yeah. But so I was like, if I'm being honest with myself, I can't get any of those tattoos and not feel like I'm just getting it to get it and not because I love it. And so I racked my brain. I was like, what is it? And I was like, Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. Okay. That is a movie that I fucking love and that has some of the best art design ever. Yeah. Um, And I was like, okay, that is something that I think I could get behind. I called Chris and I was like, he was like, are you that big a fan of Pan's Labyrinth? I was like, that's one of the best movies ever made. He's like, is it? I was like, yeah, it is. I think I should probably go watch it again, huh? And so I did. And it is. That movie fucking rocks, you guys. That movie is so good. Not only is the art design amazing, so it super lends itself to a tattoo. Pan is never going to be. He already is a piece of shit. Like we knew that from the beginning. That's who Pan is or the fawn. Um, so I love that this was, I love the journey you took us on just to get to <laughs> saying like, I streamed Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm getting at. Story is, and you didn't disappoint. I watched yeah. Pan's Labyrinth and you guys, that movie fucking rocks. Yeah, it's, that movie's great. Like, it's not just like a fairy tale in modern setting. It's like taking fairy tales back. It's no longer just like tell you like a, a, a to B to C story and give you a moral. It's also like a reflection on uh, modern society, which is what, um, fairy tales were to begin with and then when disney kind of stole him and made him his own he took that away from what fairy tales originally were they were originally like a fantastical retelling of the world you're experiencing 
in a childish lens, but meant for adults. And that is n- not what fairy tales became through Disney, but del Toro, Guillermo del Toro, he, he took that back and made that what it is. It is like uh pan's labyrinth is about totalitarianism and, uh, obedience and disobedience and uh this girl who not only is uh dealing with the world around her but also like even being sucked into this fairy tale world it's not an idealistic world it is a world that is still also like very dangerous and she does not abide by the rules and she suffers consequences in them and it is fucking beautiful um and it's heartbreaking and it's also like kind of you know, it's a unique setting too. It like is a unique being, setting. Being in uh, the the Spanish Civil War during World War po- post Spanish Civil Civil War, the beginning of World War Two. Because like, Spain is, wasn't in World War Two that because they were dealing with that shit. Right, right. And, and so that's just an interesting perspective that you don't necessarily get in a lot of movies. And spoilers: uh, totalitarianism won. That dude was in fucking power until the late seventies. So yeah. like. It is very much dealing with society, and that movie's amazing. And so I sat down and watched the movie. I was like, yeah, that movie holds up 100%. Nobody in that movie is going to go out and rape somebody, and I'm going to regret getting them tattooed on my arm. I've always wanted a sleeve, and I've held off on getting a sleeve because um, I've always been afraid that I wouldn't get a job because of it. And I was like, I'm in my fucking mid-30s. And I'm afraid that corporate America is going to fucking ostracize me because of what I have in my skin. Yeah. I've waited long enough. Fuck them. And I love this movie. Oh, yeah. Do so, it. yeah. So I designed this pan slapper tattoo that's coming next. I'm really excited about it. Now, Andy, before you go too far in designing this t- tattoo, oh, can I, I've gone ham. Can I pitch to you that instead of doing all that rigmarole of getting a tattoo of a movie that you like and have it look artistically great, Instead, keep the exclamation point, keep the question mark, and just tattoo a little Tim Allen underneath it so you really get the... That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so people That's really exactly know. What, I was going to ask, did you walk into the tattoo shop and be like, I just want, like, what is the grammatical symbol in, like, a hieroglyphic form of the noise Tim Allen makes in Home Improvement? <laughs> it's this, like, separated in Bang that share a kiss at the end. <laughs> Where, where is uh by the way where's pan's labyrinth able to be streamed did you stream that oh i, I left that out uh that pan's labyrinth is currently streamable on netflix noise noise go watch it. it is amazing movie i'm about to get it tattooed all up on my body <laughs> all up in there steve what have you been streaming oh my friend well you know we may have mentioned this up top i can't remember but this episode is our mortal Kombat episode mm-hmm. uh which released on hbo max and in anticipation of that of watching that film i was super excited about it because i'm a huge mortal Kombat fan so i uh played a lot of mortal Kombat 11 ultimate this week uh, i went through and you may not know this it's a fighting game right so you, <laughs> you pick your characters and you fight and right. sometimes mortal a, Kombat's a fighting yeah and sometimes a fatality happens yeah uh but uh, it actually has a pretty decent story campaign involved. And that's a lot of fun. So I've been chipping away at that. I, and they had a, a whole expansion to the the main game where they had an added, like almost a, a 1.5 sequel to the main game where it kind of like you got four new characters and got to follow Shang Tsung and his adventures during the campaign. And I've never played that. So I haven't gotten to that yet. I'm still making my way through the main story. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong. And Alex can probably weigh in too, I'm sure. I don't know. The actual lore of the game 
didn't start solidifying as like a story until what N64 era, like the, 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 well, there was, there was, there was always, one where Sub Zero was a protagonist. It's, it's always kind of like been there, like buried, like rich into like the manuals. Cause like I, I had more, the original Mortal Kombat on Sega CD. And I think like kind of the background was in all of that. Uh, but there is like a defined lore that I know gets kind of explained in like the PS2 era games. And then yeah. there was like a reboot in 2011 that kind of like lets you play through one two and three and like brings you kind of back more into like a more stable thing but it is so far away from me at this point yeah the current uh canon of the lore stems from that 2011 remake mortal kombat 9 mm-hmm. where Does the canon gets spelled with a k yes <laughs> yes of course i mean excellent how else would you spell it i don't know who knows uh, <laughs> one thing that always bothered me about that uh if, if you don't know it, it, the joke in mortal kombat versus anything that's spelled with a c is replaced with a k that's just a joke but i've always found it infuriating that they don't do that with johnny cage <laughs> <laughs> like his name is just spelled like you would spell cage normally with a c but like it's the one word in the universe of mortal Kombat where a c is not a k that's awesome <laughs> that's great but uh yeah it's it's a really wonderful game it's it they've something about netherum studios did this amazing thing where the facial animations are really top notch especially for when that game came out a couple years ago i i mean i've been playing it on my playstation 5 and it's been upscaled so it looks beautiful it plays great the story's a lot of fun it's just a great time um and then also the other thing i've been streaming this week is i finished uh falcon and the winter soldier mm, um do tell I don't know if we're going to actually do an episode dedicated to that or not. But we are not. I vote no. Okay. So <laughs> I would also, oh, I, I hate that show. Overall so thoughts. So I'm like in the minority where I was having a fun time with it. Like it mm-hmm. definitely has its problems. Um, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm not going to defend it on because every, you know, I totally get it, but like I was having a fun time. It was exactly kind of what I wanted from it. Um, I really enjoyed Anthony Mackie and, um, who plays Winter Sebastian Soldier? Stan. Sebastian Stan. I love their chemistry, and anytime they're together on screen, I'm having a blast. Um, and then I was getting really into like Wyatt Russell playing John Walker. I was like, where is this going? And I was really, really enjoying it. And episode five, last week's episode, was kind of like, okay, that wasn't great, but they're setting stuff up for season, for the for episode six. Let's see how the finale ends. And the finale came and sounded like a wet fart. Um, <laughs> was it that bad? It's, oh, no. It's kind of like... It just kind of fizzles out real hard. Oh, the show was not good leading up to that. That's um, so bad. And that, it's really unfortunate. I mean, they do... You, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a really awesome moment with Falcon... That's really, really cool that I, I did enjoy. It does have kind of a South Park. Well, I learned something today moment at the end of episode six. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> which I think is important. Like what they were saying in that scene, I think is very true to the character. It's very true to the spirit of what the show was trying to get across. But it, like I said, it does feel like, you know, just off screen, Kyle Fitch, uh what is that his name? Fitzgerald? Uh, uh, Kyle Broflovsky. Oh, Kyle Broflovsky's in the background. Like, well, I learned something today, guys. And <laughs> it's definitely like the moral of the week situation. So it's it's kind of disappointing. The best part of the show is uh, definitely um, uh, Zemo. And they kind of take him out. At, like after episode four, he's barely in it, hmm. which is a total loss. Um, and they really kind of lean heavy on Sharon Carter in the last couple episodes. And I think what they did with Sharon Carter is just really boring and stupid and not believable. And just kind of one of those things where every time they cut to her, I'm like, why are we doing this? Like no one, no one cares. 
mm. about what Sharon Carter's up to, which is a shame because the the character. Why is it a shame, Steve? Well, like, what was she in Winter Soldier? In Winter Soldier, she was fine. Like, but the character in Winter Soldier is not the character in the show. It's such a departure, and they kind of make this. The, the leap in logic of why she's so different is just very unbelievable and I don't think is true. And they're really just kind of like, audience, it's different because we say it's different. And it, it's, it's kind of a shame. Um, but overall, I think I'll probably watch it again, you know, a couple years down the line. Like if I'm like, oh, I, I remember the show, I'll watch it again. Um, I'm interested to see where it goes. I assume there's going to be a season two. They definitely open it up. Uh, to continue and I will watch that because overall I did have a good time I just don't think it stuck the landing in its ending Um, and that's basically all I've been streaming this week I did stream one other thing but I will not get to it because it involves a segment that we're going to be doing later on in the show so stay tuned mystery stream stay tuned for that Chris are we going to you or are we going to Alex Um, we can do Alex Alex are you ready yeah, yeah, no, I, I have Alex, no, guest of the I'm show, ready. friend of ours. What have you been streaming? Uh, so I've been going through just a big old wave of stuff since the pandemic, but uh, I watched Trial of Chicago 7, 7 on Netflix just to kind of like prep for tomorrow in some capacity, I guess. Yeah. And everything. Tomorrow being the like, 2021 Oscar nominations. <laughs> it's uh, Trial. <laughs> I liked it a lot, like for like what it was. Mm hmm. But it's also one of those where I'm like, it's just a good procedural court drama. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I, I look forward to when my kid has to see it in high school. <laughs> so, uh, so would you give it like five out of seven Chicago sevens? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that would equate to a like a like a just a standard like eight out of ten. It's pretty like <laughs> I, I've been going on this whole thing with like. I talked to you a little bit about it, Chris, on, on Twitter about like the post Reagan era, like 90s apology movies, yes. like not challenging kind of like white guilt, strange kind of dramas. I feel like Trial of Chicago 7 kind of gets into that realm where it is very much just like that sort of, you know, 60s punchiness to be like, look how cool we were and rebellious and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still like everybody's celebrating the white guy reading the name at the end. Right. And it's like, it's very, it had that same kind of like Kurt Disney's miracle with Kurt Russell kind yes. of feel where it's just like, yay, justice. But Wyatt like, Russell. <laughs> it, but it's, yeah. And it's just like, no, they just made Frank Langella upset. Like, I don't understand like what it's like. It ends like if Pleasantville ended like five sixths into the movie, like the, the mayor of the town turns to color and they're like credits. Like that's kind of how like, it's the same thing, you know, um, we fixed racism. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, Oh, I it's like the giver. I've been streaming some things as well. I watched uh, with it. I've been trying to catch up on some Oscar, uh, Oscar films. I've still got to watch, um, Minari (laughs) after Andy and I (laughs) failed foray into that. Did you watch the father? I didn't watch the father yet. Oh, Those shit. are the last two. Those last two. I was telling Andy before we started recording, I was getting inundated with ads uh, on my Apple. So I have an Apple TV and I was getting inundated with ads. Like you can watch Minori on Apple TV plus right now. I'm like, well, hell yeah. I want to watch that. That's like one of the ones I really want to see. And I turn it on. It's like, yeah, you can watch it for 20, 20 bucks. bucks? And, I, and I was oh, like, no, what? The f- no, <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm not poor. the same at all. Yeah. When you say you can stream it, I just assume like, oh, it must be an exclusive on Apple just TV plus streaming Apple TV plus. That's Apple TV plus yeah. some cash. 
Yeah, yeah. Just right. iTunes right. movies. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not wrong, though. You can technically stream it. Yes, Correct. that's true. Uh, so I chose Wolfwalkers, which you can watch on Apple TV yes. Plus for free. Uh, it's an animated film and has the voice of Sean Bean. Oh, shit. I forgot about that movie. Um, yes. My wife watched this movie. So you're a big fan, Alex? Love Wolfwalkers. My wife watched this film. She's a big animated movie buff uh, a few months ago. And I just, I don't know where I was. Probably upstairs watching Sound of Metal, I think. Um, so I chose that instead because I'm an intellectual. Uh, and yeah, I didn't learn deaf um, ASL like Andy did. <laughs> Sorry, Hoozle. I don't speak deaf. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> I did like Wolfwalkers quite a lot. It's a beautiful film. Um, it kind of we were talking about Pan's Labyrinth a lot, and, and, it, and it couldn't be different in in more ways. But it it get, it gets into you know cultural folklore quite a bit. Um, it's just a beautiful film. I highly recommend. I didn't know anybody was in it. You know that I knew. I didn't know anything about it other than that Carissa liked it. And it's nominated for best animated film at the Oscars. Mm. Turned it on. She walked in. Oh, yay. And sat down and watched it with me again. And about like 30 minutes in, I look over at her. You know how you can just recognize the timbre of certain beloved voices. And I'm just like, is that fucking Sean Bean? And she's like, it is. <laughs> and I just kind of nestled down on the couch deeper. Like, okay. That is one of those like actors a, when you find out they're in a movie. You're just like, well, <laughs> cancel my plans. And, <laughs> right? and assume they're going to die. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> in a very epic way so i highly recommend wolf walkers get that in if you haven't seen it yet i also watched news of the world the the tom hanks joint written and directed by paul greengrass um i love my son and i love my parenting style because he's seven and i sit down he's just a huge tom hanks fan so like most of the time he wants to watch the burbs uh or you know like turner and hooch you know the classics big splash things like that sure i look at him and i want to watch news of the world but i don't know what he's trying to do you know what i mean he usually wants to watch some he's dub. trying to watch road to perdition right <laughs> <laughs> the classics so i look at him and i'm like do you want to watch this uh slow burn western adventure film and he's like no not at all and i was like okay it's got tom hanks in it and he was like let's do it and <laughs> i was like yes so he sat there and watched all of it with me. So I'm raising him right. But anyway, I do recommend it. I mean, it's uh, it's probably going to be a contender for best cinematography. Um, it's a beautiful film, uh, like literally beautiful. The, the, the photography and it's awesome. And it's fucking Tom Hanks doing Tom Hanks shit, like for sure. Uh, I've never imagined that I would want to see Tom Hanks uh, as a rootin' tootin' cowboy with a six shooter. Yeah, that's an uh, interesting role for him. There's a little bit of that. Not as much as you would hope, but there's a Especially little. Especially as a person and not like animated. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he pulls yeah. it off. And I'm Does he? a big fan. Well, he's like a Civil War veteran, I believe on the wrong side. I, I think he was on the southern side of the battle. And there's a little bit of that in that film, is which is whistling weird. whistling Dixie? <laughs> he does whistle a little <laughs> bit of Dixie. Not as much as I would have hoped. Uh, but that is, uh, I also paid to rent that. I think it was like six bucks. So. Does he, does he have an accent? He, he can pull up. Does he have an accent? Um, no, not not okay. not a thick one. Talking Forrest Gump, he he didn't pull out the Forrest Gump. No, that would be too iconic. It would it would ruin the movie. I fought for the South. <laughs> I fought you for feel lucky punk. My favorite Tell Tom me. Hanks accent is in uh, Catch Me If You, if you Can because I think he's supposed to have a Boston yes. accent. Yes, and there's this part where he's like, "I got a joke." <laughs> knock knock, and then you would say, "Who's there?" Go fuck yourself. What makes that line work so well is there's such a long pause between the who's there and the go fuck yourself. Like he's yeah. still searching for what he's going to say and then yeah. just comes up with that. 
And it's just so just go fuck yourself. Like fuck it's yourself. just so plain. I love it. Well, that's about all I've been streaming. <laughs> it's time for our next segment. Check the gate. Check the gate. This is the segment where streaming things, that's us, brings you, that's you, all the hottest, steamiest, freshest TV and film news that you can find literally anywhere else. You can probably stumble upon it in your Facebook or Twitter feed, which is where I get most of it. So I'm not going to lie to you, but a little behind the curtain. I just broke the fourth wall. Now they all know where I'm getting this hot news and they're not going to come here for them. They're going to go there. I made a dire mistake. Nobody's on Facebook or Twitter yet. They're going to go there first now. (laughs) Check this out. Guess what I dug up? Uh, Mind Hunter, right? Was in uh, limbo for the longest time. Do you guys watch? I know Andy loves it. I thought it got canceled. Alex, you big Mind Hunter fan? For about a season and a half. Well, you need to finish that a half a season too, my friend. You stopped halfway I, through? Yeah, it was one of those where I think like when we were watching it, it was just like how you know, we talked about Steve and I, two ships passing in the night, you know, in college. It's kind of like that same thing where it was like, just like, oh, nope, like this isn't the right time for it. And then we just never got back to it. Gotcha. So I, I like how you made us the mine hunters in that, <laughs> in that story. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. can mine hunt my heart any day. <laughs> You're the hunt. He's from the now mind. on, whenever Alex on the show, like you guys can be Chris and Andy and we'll be the mine hunters. No, for sure. Oh, That's how you're going to introduce yourselves from now on. I get it. <laughs> so it has not been confirmed, but Rumor has it that David Fincher is in talks with Netflix about Mindhunter season three. And now the narrative is that Mindhunter has always just been on pause and not canceled. So that's great news for Mindhunter fans. Awesome. And also even better news to me, more important to me. And I, I, I matter. He's pointing to himself. I am. You can't see this, but Alex can. Uh, so, so did you guys watch the animated anthology show? Love, death and robots. Oh, yes. Have not. Oh my God, Alex! That is a phenomenal piece of animation. It is wonderful. It is. I so someone good. told me about it, and then I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll watch that." And then kind of just was like, <laughs> just forgot it. Like as one fart does. in the wind. Then, I know uh, anybody that loves anything is going to go, "Oh, bro!" Like that's the normal reaction. You can delete. You've seen this? You can delete most of that. But if but you have taken nothing, I've known you, you haven't for, seen Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> we haven't talked much, but I've known you for decades. And trust me when I say you need to watch Love, Death and Robots. It's, okay. it's wonderful. Not, I'm going to be like, I've known him since it was like what sophomore year biology class. <laughs> he has steered me wrong for the last time. Yeah. I think we were in elementary school together. We were two ships. Yeah. Floating in the- <laughs> me and Andy though, me and Andy second grade. That's yeah, what I'm dude, we've been about. homies for a long time. I know, man. So Alex, I've known you for precisely like forty minutes. Minutes, and you need to watch this show. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus! But the, everyone's always just like, "You'll love it," and I'm like, "Okay, then I don't need to watch it." Like I already know how to feel. <laughs> like I don't need to manifest it. You have to uh, trust your fellow mind hunter on this. Uh, But season two of Love, Death and Robots, I've been waiting with bated breath ever since I finished the last episode of season one. And I've heard no news about it at all. Not even whether it was greenlit, Uh, but it's going to debut. The trailer came out. I don't know if anybody did any of you watch the season two trailer. Wonderful. And it's debuting on Netflix on May 14th. So mark your calendars if you're the type of person that uses calendars. And if you're not, then just I'll text you. And in the trailer, they also announced season three. Yeah. So we're going no holds barred. Love, death and robots. All of it. Constantly. 
So that's great news. So for we already had love, death and robots are greenlit though. That's, that's true. What's happening. That's fair. Uh, Does and then, this fit into the Eat, Pray, Love universe in any way? <laughs> I do not know. That might be the season three tie-in. Eat, pray, Love, Love, Death, Robots. <laughs> it's, it's all a prequel to Eat, Pray, Love. Eat, Pray, Love, Excellent. Death, Robots. That's a I, tattoo I for Andy right love. there. Yeah. Love and monsters. <laughs> and you could just leave the question mark exclamation point on it. Robots? Gonna... <laughs> Eat. Pray? All right, anyway. And then the last piece of news that I have is not news at all. It's just more of a comment that I saw that Netflix is uh, spending $17 billion on quote unquote content this year. I can't stand Jesus. that they call it content. Billies? At least spell with it with a K like Mortal Kombat does. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Content. Uh, $17 billion. So that hence the price hike on your uh, Netflix, <laughs> your Netflix subscription. So this comes after the news that their subscriber, their new subscribers for the new year were drastically lower than even the lowest expectations and their stock dropped about 20%. This news comes after that. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, they made wow. that deal with Sony too recently. So the yes. Sony so, yeah, pictures getting... are going to start going to Netflix and everything too. So yeah. is that part of the seventeen billion? Or I, I don't think so. I mean, they're you know, losing uh, Spider Man though. There's that. You yeah, can after like, they spent however long that time is, a couple hundred million on the streaming rights to the Sony films. But I mean, seventeen yeah. billion is a huge figure. Figure. Um, yeah. I just thought it was worth bringing up because the catas- you know, that's a, just a monumental amount of money for, and we have yeah. no idea how their metrics works or whether or not how profitable they really are. Uh, Andy, you alluded to their stock price, which, you know, I do a lot of phone gambling on the stock market. So mm-hmm. they did drop, but I mean, they had always been honest about their huge uptick in subscriber growth being unsustainable because there's not always going to be a global pandemic um, to keep people from but going their, outside. Their, their new quarter was below even what they expected. Yeah. Like the, the analysts expected above what they thought and even what they thought was still high. Well, they have some stiff competition. And honestly, if I were to drop, I mean, we've talked about many Paramount times. Plus. I've, uh, you know, most of us have got all of the streaming platforms available, you know, just addicted to TV and film. I get if, it. If I were to drop one, it would probably be Netflix of all yeah, things, sure. which is, but it just feels weird because that's like the, that's like the original, the COG. Right? Yeah. I mean, it is, mm-hmm. it's the Kleenex of streaming services. Like, you know, nobody calls them tissues. They're all called Kleenex now. Yeah. Right. I'm sure in some parts of the country, instead of saying, Hey, I'm going to stream this on Hulu. People are going to say, I'm going to watch, I'm going to Netflix this. I'm going to just mm-hmm. Netflix this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's all. Also hand me that Coke. But really, it's a sprite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd be like, what's a Coke? Let me go Yahoo that. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, not everything made its way over, but hey. I'm going to bing this. I'm still banking on S Jeeves. You think you guys are wrong? Oh, man. I'm still got, I'm waiting for Lycos to go get it. <laughs> go get it. <laughs> so there's one other other piece of news. Uh, Kevin Smith's, Kevin Smith selling his newest movie as an NFT. Have you guys heard about this? I have heard of NFTs. I haven't heard of this story. Kevin Smith is selling his newest movie. uh, Kilroy was here. Horror movie that he shot, I think, like a year and a half ago that he's been uh, editing is about to release. He's selling it as an NFT, a non fungible token. So whoever buys it, they own it and they own absolute rights to it. They can uh, produce it and release it in theaters. They can sit at home and 
jerk off and be really happy about the fact that they own a Kevin Smith Smith movie and it's all theirs, like the Wu Tang album that uh, the elusive Wu-Tang Martin Shkreli. Yeah, exactly. NFT, NFTs are like a weird bargain to me. Like I like I understand on a very base level what they are, but I still don't understand what the value of them are. It's an electronic certificate of authenticity. So yeah. it's I own this, and here is the digital code that proves that. And that's all it is. I had this argument with my boss friend at work and I'm no, like I don't dislike cryptocurrency. I'm actually quite involved in cryptocurrency and I, I like it ish. I'm still curious about the philosophy behind whether it's good or bad. doesn't matter. But NFTs, I'm very like eyes narrowed at it because yeah, like you said, and Steve's like, why is it valuable? Now the Mona Lisa is valuable because it is the, one of its kind and it's a masterwork that most people agree is a masterwork of art, right? Now you can replicate it. I can look at mostly what it looks like in a digital format anytime I want by Googling it. But mm-hmm. to see it in person is an altogether different experience. I've never experienced it, but I've seen other great works of art and being there in person, there's like an energy to it. It's And maybe it's all fake, but whatever. Like it feels different, right? Mm-hmm. NFT is always digital. So there's like this digital artwork and it looks literally it's no different at all one iota from the copy that is not the nft like they are both the same so what does it doesn't make any sense about why it's valuable do you know what i mean theory behind it is that uh somebody owns the experience that you just had that's it right i mean all everything's value is just an agreed upon value you know sure anything is simply worth what someone is willing to pay for it like i get that but especially a movie being an NFT, like could this movie end up being like the newest Wu-Tang Clan album that you Wu-Tang. know only Martin Screlly has heard? I mean, is that the potential fate of this film? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So at least it's a Kevin Smith movie. So <laughs> yeah, he has not made a good one in a while. So yeah. and that that's me speaking as one of his biggest fans. Right. He knows. He knows what's up. He's I love that guy. But about himself. But it is it's a fascinating development for sure. I wonder why he would do that. Uh, do we have any other check the gate news? Any other movie and TV news that we need to delve into? None for me. All right. So, Steve, you got a little surprise for us and the listeners at home before we go into Mortal Kombat too heavy. Is that correct? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So, Mortal Kombat is the name of the movie that we were going to be reviewing mm-hmm. shortly. So, I thought it would be fun to do a fun little game. We're all going to fight to the death. No, Bring it. Oh, I think Alex has an edge. He's not actually here. Yeah, he's not actually here. He, would just, he would just be like, wham. That's bounce. why I was like, I don't know about coming down yet. You know, what if there's a, like a pit fight? It's true. Every time you yeah. enter Zoom a first. podcast, there's a 50% chance it's going to end up in a brawl. Well, we have so. to jump you yeah, in. Because there either is a brawl or there isn't. 50-50. That's fair. Facts. So we're going to play a game. Mortal Kombat as a franchise has existed for almost 30 years now. Mm-hmm. And over the 30 years, there have been a plethora of characters with all sorts of backstory and lore behind them. A myriad, you might say. A myriad, yes. A glass, a glass menagerie of characters from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you can't say glass. <laughs> but also, I thought it would be fun to not only test your knowledge, test your might, as it were, to see if you knew who these Mortal Kombat characters are. But I'm going to take it up another level. As streaming things listeners know, I'm a big fan of professional wrestling mm-hmm. there is a show that i have been streaming this week called lucha underground fuck yes and lucha underground is a very i mean it came out in 2013 you can stream it on tubi right now all four seasons are on tubi imagine pro wrestling if filmed by robert rodriguez 
Okay. Okay. Exactly. I mean, it's amazing. It's awesome. All the character, like, think of wrestling. Alex, that- are you a fan of this? Uh, I could never find it. Now, knowing it's on Tubi is good because I've I missed it entirely. But I would see clips and like highlights and 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 gifs slash gifs of it, and it looks incredible. Okay, it's an amazing show. Looking back on it, so I, I kind of I haven't seen it since it originally aired, except for this week. I went back and watched a bunch of it. It's highly influential to what you know the mainstream wrestling, the way they film it today. Because not only do you have the matches. But they also introduced different styles of filming matches where they use cranes and overhead shots. And the setting itself is in this dark, dingy, gross, empty warehouse that they put people in. And the warehouse is a setting and character in and of itself. And the backstage segments are filmed like a uh, Robert Rodriguez film where it's not like an announcer going, who are you going to fight today this Sunday for the championship? It's just guys who are like, "Uh, I'm a dragon, but also I can kill people. Like they would actually murder characters like wrestlers would die off screen like they were on screen. Excuse me. They would actually kill characters. And that was the end of their story. So there were actual stakes involved. That's how the WWE should be. Exactly. It really should. And the characters are so diverse and literally I feel like season two specifically of Lucha Underground apes off of Mortal Kombat a lot where literally the champion at the time, they built a throne for him that he sat on and overlooked all the other wrestlers wrestling in the ring. Almost like Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat, when he would just he would cheer whenever there, there was a good match or something. And so I thought it would be a fun game to read a character bio, right? <clears throat> And you have to tell me if it is a Mortal Kombat character or a character from Lucha Underground. Now, the way this game will work, I will ask one of the three of you a question. God. And it is only your question. All right. So if you get it right or if you get or I'm sorry, if you get it wrong, you get it wrong. And the next person gets a completely different question. There is no stealing involved. Okay? Right. Because it's 50 50. So it'd be- it's a 50 50 chance. And I'm going to read the character bio and you're going to tell me if it's a. Mortal Kombat character or a Lucha Underground character. If you get it correct, you will hear this sound effect. Excellent. <laughs> if you get it wrong, you will get this answer. You will suck. <laughs> okay. That is Shao Kahn. On <laughs> Thank you, Shao Kahn, for coming onto the show. We, we really pre- appreciate you. God, we're, we appreciate You're you. Welcome. Man, what's um, his appearance fee? Oh, dude, it's it's a lot of NFTs. He, actually, he only gets paid. For NFTs. <laughs> I think Steve Austin actually hooked him hooked us up with his his contact. Hell info. yeah, I fucking the nether rim all the time. Thank you, <laughs> Austin three sixteen shit. Shao Khan's my friend. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate You're you welcome. coming in, buddy. All right, so I didn't really have a good process as to who to go first. So I think since Alex. You are our guest. I think you should go first, and then we will go clockwise around the table. Does that sound fair to everybody? Sounds fair to me. Alex, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm nervous that we're doing my bios. I thought it was going to be names. I had that in the bag. (laughs) Now, you don't need to tell me the names. You just need to tell me if it's a Mortal Kombat character or... A Lucha Underground character. See, I thought you were going to tell me the names, and I was going to be like, oh, I can do, I can sort those <laughs> yeah. all day. But that sounds vaguely Spanish. I'm going to go Lucha Door. Yes. So I, I think the questions start off easy. I think I don't know. I'm, it's hard to gauge this, and they get progressively harder. But I think they start off pretty easy. So Alex, are you ready? Yes. Question number one. This misguided antagonist is resurrected from death to avenge the death of his family and clan. He His burning hatred for his opponents makes him a deadly enemy in the tournament. Mortal Kombat. Excellent. Excellent. That is Scorpion. Good job, Alex. You have yeah. struck first blood. Andy, are you ready for number <laughs> yes, two? I'm ready. 
Although a charming figure in public, behind closed doors, this man is an expert manipulator for his twisted amusement and supernaturally sinister agenda. In his temple where he's gathered the greatest fighters in the world, he seeks to honor ancient traditions, courage, honor, and his personal favorite, violence. I'm sorry, was that personal favorites? Violins? Violence. 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 Sorry, I misheard you Who there. The fuck would he say violins? <laughs> He's <laughs> clearly more of a viola man. <laughs> his personal favorites, ale eight soda. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go not Mortal Kombat. Excellent. That is correct. That is Dario Cueto, the boss from Lucha Underground. Chris, you have number three. Are you ready? I am ready. Long ago, the sorcerer was caught cheating in the tournament and was sentenced to death. Before he could be killed, however, he struck a deal for eternal allegiance in representing the forces of evil. He has survived all these years by stealing the souls of many combatants. That's Shang Sun. That's Mortal Kombat. Excellent. Correct. That is Shang Tsung. Good job. Everybody has three points. You guys are crushing. Each of us has one point. Or I'm sorry, all three. Of, <laughs> all three of you has a point. I just want to give credit where it's due for your reading of that bio. That was yeah. wonderful. Thank you. The your tenor is like. 1.5 octaves higher than like Olmec from Legends of the Hidden Temple and like <laughs> but like you're nailing so much of the rest of it though like I'm like we're in, I'm pounded on the steps of knowledge like I'm Blue Barracoon in my way through oh the chain like you know like uh, I'm so happy that someone brought up Legends of the Hidden Temple Blue Barracoon is bro the purple I have monkeys a drink, I made a drinking game for my best friend's bachelor party based around Legends of the Hidden Temple <laughs> Dude, we, I have, to, we have to go over those those rules. I love legends. <laughs> we need to play that game. That show's so good. Are you ready for your next question, Alex? Born ready. Come on. All right, here we go. This young superstar lives by the creed, get famous, get paid. Arrogant to the point of cardinal sin, this handsome devil has the fighting skills to back it up. His iconic clothes and sunglasses make him easy to spot in fighting competitions, and his signature parkour style makes him a force to be reckoned with. You see, I thought it was Johnny Cage. I was going to say Mortal Kombat. You said parkour. That is Johnny Mundo, and that is Lucha Underground. Excellent. I wow. thought I could trick you with that one. Oh, <laughs> wow. my gosh. Uh-uh. That is Johnny Mundo. Correct. Not getting it by me. Oh, shit. Way to go. Okay, I feel underprepared now. I feel good. See, man. what I made... Y'all bitches getting hustled <laughs> on your own show. When I made this game, I did not know Alex also new wrestling i'm so used to being the only one who knows this shit okay this is why i only get invited on shows once you know (laughs) (laughs) all right annie you ready i'm ready number five a sadistic and ruthless fighter who only cares about breaking the bodies of his opponents he dedicated every broken bone he delivered to his mysterious and unseen master with zero fear he was able to defeat many skilled patents most notably a literal god of death who is it? Is it a Mortal Kombat character or a Lucha Underground character? A literal god of death. <clears throat> mm. I feel like that ought to be a uh, a giveaway. Mm. I'm going to go non-Mortal Kombat. So it's not Mortal Kombat? Not Mortal Kombat. Excellent. Good job. That is Pentagon Dark from Lucha Underground. Nice. Okay, cool. All right, Chris, everyone's got one right. Someone's going to get one wrong eventually. Will it be you? I like how you use that as my introduction again. Thank you. No pressure, but nobody is stupid. Are you ready? 
I am ready. This deadly woman began life as a simple street urchin, starving mm. the streets until uplifted to a higher status by her clan's leader. She enters the tournament as a loyal servant to her clan, bathing in her enemy's blood as well as using it. Mortal Kombat or Lucha Underground? I think I even know who that is. I'm going to say Mortal Kombat. Excellent. Great job. Do you know who that is? Isn't that Melina? Uh, Scarlet, but yeah, okay. a, a palette swapped female ninja. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, you ready? I guess. Everyone's doing great so far. This is impressive. Okay, your next You're question. You're much kinder telling me no one's gotten one wrong. When you, but when you tell Chris, like, hey, no one's done this with me, you're like, <laughs> everybody's worse. doing great. Don't worry, sweetheart. You know how I got that question, right? Is I leaned on the inherent misogyny of wrestling and was like, only it's th- so that would probably only exist in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> well, there's it's, a lot of female characters in the list. So let's hey, see I've I- never seen Lucha Underground. So that was, hey, I'm sorry. Hey, female wrestling's much better now. And that's partially in part to lucha underground as well there we go 100 it's a it's a it was before it's time (laughs) all right alex your question is this mysterious woman is on a quest for vengeance against those who murdered her entire village her quest be her i'm sorry her quest brings her to a mysterious tournament initially outmatched she returns to the competition to the competition with the black lotus triad hoping that the numbers advantage would help her finally find and kill the monster that murdered her family the hell's a black lotus triad mortal Kombat. you suck oh no that is uh lucha underground it's actually um it i think this is wrong the wikipedia said her name in lucha underground was black lotus but actually she is better known as eo shirai oh yeah shirai nxt currently yeah and chris definitely knows who eo shirai is (laughs) the genius of the sky eo shirai that is true my son did go through a brief WWE phase. I know more than you think I would, but uh, not much. <laughs> All right, Andy. I'm ready. You ready? All right. Years ago, a devastating earthquake wrecked a small city. Thousands perished except for one young boy. Empowered by the souls of all the dead around him, he would grow up to be a man of a thousand deaths. Seemingly immortal, he becomes more powerful each time he dies and is rec- resurrected to battle this combatant would render grave consequences. His initial death was an earthquake? No, he's the only one no, that survived. No, he survived the earthquake, but the souls of, of the earth, the dead souls of the earthquake affected him. Okay. Not Mortal Kombat. Not Mortal Kombat? Correct. Excellent. Good job, Andy. That is Mil Mortes from Lucha Underground. The man of a thousand deaths. Nice. I was going right. to say, trick question. This is Avatar, the last airbender. <laughs> All right, Chris, are you ready? I'm so fucking ready. A respectable warrior of the Matoka tribe. Mm. He is also a historian and shaman. Sharing a deep connection with spiritual energy, he is stoic and deeply in tune with nature. His alignment to the light often means he must enter the tournament to keep the forces of dark at bay. Who is this? That's Mortal Kombat. Excellent. Do you know the character's name? Nighthawk? Close, Nightwolf. Nightwolf. Nightwolf, very close. The Night Wolf. There's a little uh, nod to him in the movie. I liked it. There yeah. Is. All right, Alex. Uh, how many of these do we want to do? I have 21. Uh, sure. Okay. Let's go. So we're at number 10 right now. Alex, number 10 is yours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Less than that. <laughs> Just kidding. 21. This is number four. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go smoke? <laughs> this literal vampire must prey on the life of others to 
I'm sorry. This let me let me restart. Sorry. Reset. <laughs> reset. This literal vampire must prey on the life of others in order to remain alive. She enters the tournament seeking the blood she needs to survive. Although she is self-serving and morally neutral, her nature often aligns her with the forces of darkness. Mortal Kombat. Excellent. Yeah. Redeeming. Good job. That is a deep cut. That is Nintara from Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance who also is in the movie Mortal Kombat 2021. With the wings? Yep, yeah. that's her. Nice. Andy, we're back to you. Can I just ask real quick? Yep. It seems like in the descriptions, when you say the word tournament... That the, is just a layman's term for competition. Sure, but have there been any times where you said tournament, but they weren't Mortal Kombat character? Has that happened yet? Well, I yeah. got wrong. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah I, I, so I, I use tournament and clan and tribe... And to, instead of using like the ring or stable, gotcha. So, so I just want to know your game. All yeah. right, I'm good. Yeah. I, I didn't want to like make it too obvious. Like this heel and baby face <laughs> come to the ring and destroy Vince McMahon. Uh, so, your next question, Andy. Okay, I'm ready. Revealed to be the latest descendant of the legendary Moth Tribe, this woman, along with her brother torment the tournament competitors with their bug-related mind games as well as their incest-related mind games. That's Mortal Kombat. You suck. Oh, what? There's the, what's the bug lady's name that in Mortal Devorah. Kombat? That is Devorah. You're thinking of Devorah, who is a bug lady in Mortal Kombat, but she does not have a brother. Shit. Oh. I am speaking of Mariposa and Marty the Moth Martinez from Lucha Underground. Marty the Moth Martinez. Everybody Boo. knows him. So we're back to Chris, who coincidentally is the only person who hasn't gotten one wrong yet. How the turntables have turned. Steve's introductions to me are always filled with such positivity we're, we're and hope for the future. Over here. <laughs> Can he keep the streak going is all I'm saying. No, I understood it. Are you ready? I not anymore. Jovial, obese, and a drunken master of the martial arts. Mm -hmm. His love of drinking alcoholic beverages often ends in a puke puddle. Despite his sloven appearance, he is the esteemed teacher for several of the best competitors in the tournament. This is Lucha Underground. You suck. No, that, that was Bo, Bo something. He's the, he trained Liu Kang and Kung Lao. Oh, I Andy's Bo right. That is Bo American Idol runner-up. <laughs> what was that? Oh, I said that was Bo Bice, former American Idol runner-up. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so all now right, we're so, all back to even. So everyone's back to even. Everyone's got three points. Alex, can you pull ahead with this one? I don't know. This fighter has big shoes to fill. Being the descendant of a legendary tournament competitor, he is insecure about his own ability to live up to his name. Often coming up as brash and conceited, however, he is a reliable participant in the tournament. Plus, he has a sharp sense of style. I'm sorry. At first, it sounded like you said this spider has big shoes to fill. Oh, and I'm like, well, certainly it can't be wrestling. <laughs> fighter, fighter. Uh, fighter, fighter. Okay. Uh, I'll just say Lucha Underground. You suck. Dang it. It's Kung Lao from Mortal oh, Kombat. Man. He has a sharp sense of style. His hat is sharp. Mm. <laughs> Get it? It's pretty good. I get it. That's what ZZ Top was singing about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Andy. I'm ready. It's all you now, man. You can pull away with this one. A dragon from the netherworld. This competitor seeks glory in the tournament to prove he is one of the best fighters in the world. His signature scales and forked tongue can, can appear scary, but his dragon fights 
but this dragon fights on the side of the light. Seen as too much of a threat, he is banished from the tournament, so he reluctantly flies away, vowing to return for vengeance. Not Mortal Kombat. Excellent. Good job. That is Drago. Not to be confused from the as the enemy from Rocky, but uh, an actual <laughs> dragon man, Drago. If he dies, he dies. All right, Chris, oh, back to you. Cool. Andy's leading it with four. Your question, Chris. This fabled noble warrior is revered in Mayan civilization for driving off the invading Spanish conquistadors. He enters the tournament today to protect the people he leads from the forces that would do them harm. I feel like your Spanish cultural reference is a trick. But I think Am that, I tricky? I think that you would think that I would think that. And therefore... It could also be a trick question. It could be a character from Mel Gibson's Apocalypto. Hmm. That is a good movie. What I'm going to say it? this is... It's not a trick. It's Lucha Underground. So you're saying it's Lucha Underground? It is. You suck. was a trick. Oh, no. I'm sorry. This is Kotal Khan from Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Alex. Yes. Redemption is at hand, my friend. Your question. <laughs> Deciding that mere animals are not enough sport for him, this competitor came to the tournament seeking to add trophies to his mantle. Human trophies. His only thrill and desire is that of the hunt and he and spending his time stalking and watching his prey from above. Mortal Kombat. You suck. Oh, man. It's, <laughs> it's King Cuerno from Lucha Underground. Oh, goodness. Andy's still winning with four points. Can he keep this 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 boat rolling? Andy can't even say Lucha Underground. I he keeps saying that. Not Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Lucha Underground. <laughs> Your Lucha question, Andy. Your question. This mysterious woman is a master thief who seeks to make a name for herself using her skills and ruthlessness. She strikes fast and is cold-blooded to the core. She works her way up the ranks to lead the Serpent Temple, commanding her generals to get any advantage she can in the tournament. The Serpent Temple. The Serpent Temple. She's cold-blooded. She strikes fast. Not Mortal Kombat. Not Mortal Kombat? Excellent. Good job, Andy. That strikes fast is what did it. That is Cobra Moon from Lucha Underground. And so Andy's got five. Can you guys pull at this? Let's see. There's one, two, three. Four. There's four questions. Mm-hmm. Math. It Chris is the only one that can possibly tie Andy right oh. now. So Andy's the victor if I get this wrong. If you get this wrong, Andy is 100% the victor. Are you ready? Again, no, no pressure. pressure. No pressure, man. Are you ready? I'm ready. After receiving a prophecy that, quote, gods in the form of man would Mortal appear. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you suck. Oh, no. I was feeling it. This competitor joins the tournament from a thousand years in the future, arriving just in time to help the heroes tip the balance in their favor. That is Aerostar from Lucha Underground. (laughs) Well done, Andy. (laughs) So Andy has won the game. The the other characters we would have called upon were Ashra from Mortal Kombat, the Rabbit Tribe from Lucha Underground, and Melina from Mortal Kombat. I I have to say, good on you, Steve, for finding the extreme similarity between the uh, Mortal Kombat canon and the Lucha Underground canon. I thank you. I'm just but a humble nerd who has way too much time on his hands. <laughs> I'm but a humble nerd. I toss a coin to my Witcher. All right. How many more nerd jokes can we bust out? That brings us six. to our main event. 
the Streaming Things review of Mortal Kombat. Test your might. There we go. Classic, man. All right. Just let it play the whole time in the background. Yeah, we'll just have it in the background. Just get used to it, everybody. It's a jam. (laughs) I do have a... You were a little joke. So you were talking about the Ks earlier in the combat verse. Mm -hmm. And I heard a joke that I'm going to screw up earlier that I thought was funny. It is perhaps not funny. I'm not sure. But you know how learning English is tough, right? There's a lot of silent Ks. So like the word knight, like uh, rides a horse. Knight. Right. It's got a silent K. Uh, Knickknack has two silent Ks. Republican has three Knicks. silent Ks. Alex knows about that one. <laughs> That's yeah, good. I, I pick up what you're putting down. That's good. Anyway, That's good. I'm not very political, but I thought that was funny. Got him. Got him. Made me think of some Ks. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. I love that Chris makes a, like a, a KKK punchline joke and Andy goes, Alex knows about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Andy just in the background going, I know K words. Like where he's just like, there's a bus coming. There we go. He did say New York Knicks, and you notice that, that you're was a basketball what I was fan. About. Got it, got it, got it. The yeah. timing was awkward. Yeah, that's what I'm good for, buddy. All right, so all right, let's do this. Let's start. How are we going to start this off? Because I think I know, and I want everybody bashed, and I want to have a good rhythm to this. So what we're going to do, as as we said before, we're going to talk general thoughts about the film. So if you haven't seen it yet, listeners at home, you're okay for now. We got a spoiler bumper. We're going to separate that so you don't have to be ruined, ruined for this film. How about this? Alex, what did you think as our guest here of Mortal Kombat 2021? Uh, out of 100, I'd put it at like 52. Okay, that's good. Uh, if I had to place it in like the recent movies based on video games kind of deal, I would put it ahead of Monster Hunter and like less than or equal to the new Tomb Raider that came out recently. Uh, it's flawed as hell. Uh, and so many like technical aspects and stuff like that as a whole, like, I don't know, just watch the raid instead. But like, <laughs> if, if you, if you can, if it's free, if Mortal Kombat is free for you, watch it indulge yourself but as everything else uh i'll get into it more i think when we get into spoilers because i, I want to play it safe here and everything but as a whole like 52 out of 100 i, I guess i should have led with this too what is your relationship to mortal kombat itself are you a huge fan of the franchise i think you alluded to earlier that you kind of once were <laughs> like i played the games like the first three then like fell out of it get back into it like i i appreciate it i i love it for what it is and like kind of like that watershed moment of the 90s and for our generation and kind of like that brashness and especially when it funnels into like its impact on like the console wars between like the genesis and the snes and things like that i appreciate it for what it is as this sort of like buttress of 90s pop culture and the way it's transcended generations where like you know we have kids now that are like growing up with mortal Kombat still around and i think that's crazy uh I appreciate it staying power, but I'm not like fiending for their games or anything like that. Right. Okay. Uh, Steve, let's toss it to you. I, th- I feel like I, I have a general sense that you had a positive experience with this film. Steve, what did you think of Mortal Kombat 2021? Um, I had an absolute blast with this movie. Um, it's it's not a good movie. I'm like, completely objective lens on. It's not a good movie. But as a huge Mortal Kombat fan, all I wanted this movie to be was to be silly, have pretty good fight 
fight sequences, you know, bring out some like, you know, Mortal Kombat catchphrases from here and there and just be schlocky as all get out. And that's 100% what it was. I had an expectation for this movie and it met it. It didn't exceed it, but it met it. So I had an absolute blast. I had some people come over to my house. We watched it. We laughed at it. We poked fun at it. So it was the exact experience that I was hoping it would be. Um, If you were a fan of Mortal Kombat as a franchise, if you grew up with the games, um, I definitely think you will get something out of it. You may not enjoy it 100%, but you'll definitely get something out of it. You'll like a couple scenes, maybe a couple characters. And I definitely implore you to go watch it. If you are not a fan of Mortal Kombat, on the other hand, don't waste your time. This movie's not for you. You're not going to like it. It's not that great of a movie. And and to be completely honest, the only reason why I had such a good time with it is because I'm such a huge fan of the franchise. So, like, they had me the moment that, you know, the first opening scene of the movie. I was like, I'm in. You know, they can do whatever the hell they want for the rest of the movie. I love this movie. I'm good. Um <laughs> So overall, I had a very positive reaction to it. But again, this movie was made for someone like me. So if you're if you have no nostalgia or relationship to the franchise, I really don't think you'll find anything for yourself. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we were all worried. Uh, I saw some advanced reviews and we have a, a show group chat and I sent uh, I was like, oh, guys, it's because we didn't want another an hour and a half bloodbath after Godzilla versus Kong. Right. And we were kind of worried. And Steve said, don't worry, guys, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm going to like this no matter what happens. And I'm like, OK, pick I, up the mantle, Steve. I think several episodes back, I even said, like, this movie could be utter dog shit and I'll still love it. <laughs> Because you love dog shit. I do. I I, I, big fan. I lick it. (laughs) (laughs) I just get right down in there and like, "Mm, get it. mm, Corgi. Yes. Andy, (laughs) speaking of dog shit, what did you think? (laughs) Mortal Kombat. Speaking of dog shit, Andy. I'm reaching for segues. I'm reaching for segues. I'm sorry. That's my job. Um, So I had a similar experience to Steve. Um, I actually enjoyed that movie quite a bit. Uh, The bar was low. It was not exceeded, but it was met. And uh, I, yeah, I had I had fun with it. There were times in that movie where I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Now, I did <laughs> smoke weed like halfway through it, and I don't smoke weed. And so like my experience was drastically impacted by that. Mm. The bar but, got lower. The bar, the bar got lower, but so did the competence of the movie. Andy was texting yes. about his experience watching this movie while high, and and, and the and I guess when the it, when it kicked in was a scene where several characters are arguing, and Andy's like, "I shouldn't be high during this." <laughs> Can't owe you fucking pussy. That's, that's all I'll say. But uh, no, I actually had a lot of fun with the movie. Um, I I did not expect anything close to competent cinema from it i expected some interesting fight scenes and uh a lot of uh callbacks to uh fandom and that's what i got i got some interesting fight scenes some of which were paced extremely weirdly um Mm -hmm. and we can get into that in spoilers um but honestly the biggest issue that i have with this movie was its pacing not just in the plot but in the fight scenes too which are like its claim to fame the pacing of the entire movie in any way that you can imagine is off um but that said 
I had fun with it. Like I, I genuinely had a good time, but I also, um, you know, I'm you guys, I was born in the late eighties and I grew up with Mortal Kombat. So I know who these people are. And so I am bound to have a good time when I see Kano and Sonya Blade and Goro up on the screen. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have fun because you know, at, at no point did I ever expect that they were going to, be the fucking Anthony Hopkins in the father. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, sure. I just, I just want to have fun. And yeah. I, um, good. Chris, what'd you think? I, somewhere betwixt all of you, I think a very mixed reaction. I will say first and foremost, I, I did also have a great time. Um, I think if I had gotten off my ass and journeyed to a distant theater, and paid, you know, like 17 bucks and bought some popcorn and sat down and watched a bunch of trailers that I don't want to watch because I don't like spoilers and then sat through it. I might have a diminished experience, but because I was in the comfort of my own home, my Sonos surround sound and, you know, my dogs on me and I'm petting them and stuff and I can check my phone whenever I had a great time with this movie. Um, I think really, you think you had a better experience because you're at home. I do. I think, you know, there's less effort involved. And I think that the streaming experience in particular, just kind of, as you guys alluded to the lower bar that you had coming into this film, um, it kind of does that too. Like there's a, it's a, you know, your brain goes, you're in your house. You know what I mean? Like, sure. No, I mean, Alex sits at his home and when he watches naked and afraid for hours at a time, right. He wouldn't go to a theater. I don't think and pay to see naked and afraid. (laughs) Absolutely not. But it's, it's, it's that thing for me too, especially with having like a three-year-old, you know, like I like to eat chips. He, he gets noisy. Like, let me have subtitles on. Right. You know, like, Oh, what was that that he said? Let me rewind that. And like, hear it again. I have to pee. I'm going to pause it. Like there is that certain level of just like convenience that like nothing will replace seeing a movie in a theater, Right. but nothing will, you can't exchange the convenience of watching something within your own home. And sure. I think this straight to HBO max version of mortal Kombat was perfect for me. Um, I have a lot of notes and, and I, I was having an argument with uh, our friend Jimmy on the way here. And I was still on the phone when I walked in and it was funny. The only reason I called him was because he texted me yesterday and said, mortal Kombat fucking rocks. And I hadn't seen it yet. And so I said, Hey, don't, don't talk about it yet. And then today, as I'm watching it, I get a text from him that said, I was wrong. It's trash. And I said, hold on, I'm watching it. So I called him when I finished it. Like, how do you do that? You just completely can't <laughs> oscillate that much on a film the next day. And he's like, well, I watched it again. Um, and I'm like, what did you expect? You know what I mean? Which I, I also don't like that. I think that way. And I understand where you're coming from because I 100 percent agree. Like, I'm, I don't expect competent cinema for like, I don't want to be like Scorsese on the MCU on this, but right. you know, but at the same time, <laughs> I kind of feel that way. Like what did, you know, I text Jimmy and I was like, did you think it was going to be Shawshank redemption? Which is like the first movie I thought of. Cause I had been talking to Alex about that era of filmmaking earlier. My friend, Sonya Blade. <laughs> I know. I pictured that immediately. Like <laughs> walk through 40 meters of shit to get to Mortal Kombat. Andy Dufresne entered the tournament looking like a tall drink of water. <laughs> a strong wind, mine blow him over um which would be what, a version Sub-Zero, of mortal Kombat i would love sub-zero knocked him over like a fart in the wind <laughs> <laughs> like i would i would trade this mortal Kombat film and any subsequent sequels that come from this i would trade all of it to get a sequel to the 2017 power rangers movie Okay. That's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> See how that works that, out for that you. That is where I stand on it. Is okay. like if I could, I would give up 
all of that to be like, yeah, sure. Give me a sequel to that. Give me, or like, give me like a cut of that power Rangers movie. That's a half hour longer. That makes a bit more sense. But like, I would much rather, I feel like have that. Cause I kind of felt like they were in that same capacity of like what, how you were saying, like, you're not expecting competent cinema, right. Where it's like, you have those expectations of just like, will this deliver what it wants? And I think it doesn't deliver its whole thing. Well, sorry, go ahead. No, you're, I think that's fair. I think that there's there, a huge thing it doesn't deliver on that's in the title that we can talk a lot about in spoilers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but for me, like you mentioned the raid and I think like, where the fuck was Gareth Evans during, why did he not direct this? I, right. I don't understand why they didn't throw all their money at Gareth Evans and make this the best thing anyone's ever seen. So but, they, they pushed this on a $55 million budget. That okay. Well, that's actually pretty fucking impressive. It's, it's not huge, yeah. but it's not tiny. I mean, that's mid, I, it's definitely fives was eighteen. What yeah. was eighteen? The nineteen ninety five was eighteen million. Oh, okay, they used the same Goro actually as well. I read. I didn't read that. It's a joke. So adjusted for inflation, it's slightly above what the probably was. yeah i mean 55 uh-huh. million's pretty meager i mean like your civil war things like that you're, you're talking 250 million dollars sure. so mm-hmm. um quintuple the amount <laughs> is what that would be I, I should say it was directed by simon mccoy and written by greg russo who's not one of the russo brothers and dave callahan um i just want to throw that out there um does anyone else have any overall thoughts i think we should go ahead and just dive into spoilers and have a good time with this and pick out some things. Anybody have any? Steve? Yeah, I would love to get into spoilers. Am I the only one of the streaming scene, streaming thing side of this that did not watch the Power Rangers reboot? Uh, I, I saw it. I have seen, yes. I've I seen watched, oh, you guys saw it. Okay, it's just me. Cool. I watched all cool. 90s nostalgia porn movies. That's cool. <laughs> right? No worries. Yeah, that's too. I also have a child. Let's move on from that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> roll, take it away. Roll that beautiful bean footage. You are entering spoiler territory. You're bullshit all right you have been warned those at home if you have not seen mortal Kombat 2021 on hbo max you need to pause Art this morgan show freeman. go watch it yes yeah, i still got the, the moral the morgan freeman twang mortal Kombat. if you haven't seen mortal Kombat, um i always kind of do half mortal morgan freeman half cleveland from family guy i'll <laughs> pay to you're letting all the stank out all right <laughs> <laughs> so I got some notes here and I know Steve, you're, you're big on the mortal Kombat lore, which Word. I was actually impressed about the the lore here. And then Alex probably number two. And then I would even say Andy number distant three and two. me distant four. Um, so this, hey, I won the combat thing, didn't I? That's true. That's Contact. true. We did. I'm sitting ahead two. of me. That's true. You did. So the, the, the opening of this film, I think we can all agree was very strong. Is that correct? Yes. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. It was excellent. And I think it's evidence why they gave it away for free three days before the movie came out. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Did you know that Chris? They released did the not. first seven minutes of the film I, on YouTube three days prior. I briefly read about that, but I thought it was like a justice league, uh, esque leak or something that mm. the guy at HBO max wasn't fired. And <laughs> no, <laughs> no. we did it again. This is the I, best part of the movie we made. Who I keeps legit, releasing like, movies I, on Tom and Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> like I got on Twitter that morning and they're like, here's an exclusive look at the first seven minutes of Mortal Kombat. I'm like, that is almost 10 minutes of your movie. You're giving away for, for you were giving me almost only a hundred minutes that I have to possibly pay for, you know, like how many days before release? Like for me, from a marketing standpoint, I'm like, that does not port. This is a bad movie. It doesn't this is not well. going to be good. Yeah. Cause it's like, 
my mind should already be made up. I feel like as a consumer, like I should not have to feel convinced mm-hmm. to to go to the party everybody's invited to. No, hundred percent. But if they're going to use, if they're going to release some footage to convince, you know, people who are on the sidelines wondering, eh, will I go see it or not? I mean, they picked really good seven minutes. And what's interesting sure. is that with for a, such a household name of a movie, you know what I mean, that they would do that kind of thing. If it was a hey, this is a generic, hey, fantasy action horror-ish movie that we're making and releasing that much of it, that would make sense because like, who the fuck are you? What is this story? What is this world? Why should I care? Whereas you would be shocked Mortal at Kombat. how small the age gap is between people like us and people who don't know what Mortal Kombat is. No, yeah, I guess yeah, I could fair. see that. Yeah. Well, that I, being said, I there's that hard. Like Steve day. said, you know, you got to be a big. I think there's a lot of like, you know, it's kind of um, rote nowadays. It's a cliche. But it's for the fans. You know, it's 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 a very flimsy defense against a bad film to say, well, it was for the fans. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think this movie is for the fans. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of little jabs. Yeah, it's a thousand percent for the fans. Allusions yeah. to the video game that I thoroughly enjoy. And I'm looking at my wife, who's not a fan of the video game. And I'm like, ha ha get it. And the she's fact like, is we're in our mid thirties and we are too young to have been fans. I'm in my early thirties, mm-hmm. sir. Do yeah. not wish that evil on me. <laughs> you, you got a couple of months before you're in your mid. I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but I think two is not halfway to 10. My friend. Yeah. That's oh. me fighting against the uh, inevitable decline of my hairline. Only, happy, only happy three more years until it's five more years left yeah. until you're 40. Yeah. But the reason I brought up that opening, there's this mythology I was not privy to prior. Uh, the Lin Kuei clan versus the Shira Ryu clan? Yeah, Shira I Ryu. I don't fucking know. Yeah, Shira Ryu. Yep. And so Shira Ryu is, is, is the good guys. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the Scorpion peoples, right? And also, it's I noticed it was interesting uh, me being an idiotic Westerner, I wouldn't have noticed if they hadn't brought it up. But one is Chinese and one is Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that canon? I believe so. Yes. Okay. So I'm, just, I'm asking questions here. Hansu Asashi. <laughs> so if you don't know what the opening minutes are. I noticed that as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not leading anywhere. I'm just being honest. I'm literally asking. Like, yeah, Hansu Asashi, who is Scorpion, is a part of the Shira Ryu. They are a feudal Japanese clan. And, and is they, that Hattori Hanzo from Kill Bill's brother? Kill Bill's I mean, like that's kid. a joke, but oh, I just thought it was funny. How- <laughs> I know I know that actor's in a ton of shit. Like he's in a he's in like Last Samurai. No, Hattori yeah. Hanzo, the character that forged the blades in uh, yeah. Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill. The guy who's the like who always like has the he like swipes his little goatee. Yes. No. No. He's oh. the sword maker. That's the that's the you're, the, you're training of. Uh, oh, what is it's been name? so long since I've seen the Kill Bill movies. Alex, uh, what, what's the trainer's name in Kill I Bill? Can't, I keep wanting to say Lao Pan, I, and I know that's totally wrong. I don't think it's totally wrong, actually. I think it's pretty damn, damn close. My pay or something? Oh. Ah, my pay. I think my, pay. Pie. Is my, my pay. pay. Is it my pay? My pay or my pie, maybe. <laughs> he just like, flips his little goatee around. I think it's my pay. It's amazing. Uh, um, Lao Lo Pan is the antagonist in Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> yes. yes. Also a good reference. So, okay, a few things that bothered me. This is a movie called Mortal Kombat. There is no Mortal Kombat tournament. Yes. And I, this whole film, uh, uh, <laughs> Alex alluded to some sequels. I really think it's a, it's a massive setup 
It is for the real movies. For the movie yeah. you really want to this see. This is an hour and a half trailer. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know why they would do that. Just give me the juice. I came to buy drugs. Give me the drugs. And you gave me a <laughs> drug the coupon. movie said Godzilla v. Kong, I got Godzilla v. Kong. That's fair. Like, you know what? I got what I fucking wanted. Yeah, make the prehistoric lizards fight. Give me the give me the people from hell and the people from Earth to to punch each other real fast. What everything else Godzilla versus Kong lacks, it does give us the titular V. <laughs> it gives us the V. Yes, it does. And I love how in this movie, so so the 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 premise is Shang Tsung and the forces of the Netherworld are trying to kill potential Earth Realm combatants before they can enter the Mortal Kombat. Right. The whole premise tournament. is that they're cheating. I'm trying to cheat. They're essentially cheating, which is hilarious because in the original 1996 Mortal Kombat, there's like a big whole thing where Rain's like, "You can't kill my competitors before the tournament, Shang Tsung." And it's like great it's a, Christopher Lambert impression. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, the fighters will save the world. World. Um, but but that's like a whole big thing where he like stops Shang Tsung from cheating in that movie. But in this movie, they're like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, I think well they alluded to that in the dialogue where somebody, I think Sub Zero, was like, Raiden won't let us do that, and Shang Tsung says something like, "It's going to take him forever before he finds us." Like it's going to he he kind of like alluded almost like it's going to be a minute before he knows. And there's also yeah. like the. They somebody asks Raiden, like, why did you why didn't you help more? And he's like, I'm not allowed to, essentially. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm an elder god. Um But ultimately these are just rules that don't matter. Like right. yeah. in looking at a Mortal Kombat movie. It's like all you need to do is establish that there is two two universes or two worlds that are going to do battle, and one's good and one's bad, and battle is going to be done and let them fight. And I don't think this film Let them fight. does a good job of initiating a new era of fans in, in the sense that if I didn't already know a lot about Mortal Kombat, I wouldn't understand what the fuck was going on. Oh, 100%. Like, bring the, the, the new protagonist, Cole, you have to have that guy where it's like, I don't know who I don't know who this character is, but he is my avatar in this movie yeah. bring him in because he doesn't know what's yeah, going the, on let everybody else explain what's going on to him the audience surrogate and let him become a badass and cool but they didn't do that he they became, didn't even do that he became wicker man literally <laughs> he, he, he turned into wicker i wrote down he got stick arms cole young what's the point because he's lame yeah, he we don't is. need that character he's not somebody we care about but they didn't even do like an effective audience surrogate with him because they still don't explain what the fuck's going on right at so, any point Two things about him that I read that I thought were 100% nailed, so I can't take these as my own ideas, but somebody made the same point you did, Andy, where they said Cole Young feels introduced as a way to have the audience that doesn't know what Mortal Kombat is to have the movie explained to them. Sure. And 100%. like he does exist only to what solely feels like to propel it. But then there's a dude I follow on Twitter that was like, guy's superpower is literal plot armor. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they do a lot of weird things with that character where, you know, he's so boring and he's he's needless. Like if you wanted a protagonist that you can have the the rules of the world explained to, that could have been Sonya. That could have been Jax. Exactly. That could have been the 1995 version did that better where they used actual characters. We know for it to be like cut cut the training tutorial out of the middle or cut it down you know 50% or whatever and give us more of Cole's backstory give us a reason to care about him out outside of just like 
He's got a wife and a kid. This forward, and you know, maybe I'm at I. I'm, I don't want to critique it based off like this is what I would have expected because then like I'm fantasy booking pro wrestling at that point and no one fucking likes that guy. <laughs> but like it's I, I look, see you. you. I feel seen right now. <laughs> it, it's that thing where like even in terms of what I felt like it tried to execute of being like Mortal Kombat colon a movie. I'm like, I don't think you, you've got it. And Cole is a huge problem in that. I love that you said tutorial because for me, essentially any issue I have about this film. And again, I had a great time, honestly is that we were promised a video game, a movie version of a video game. And what we got is a movie version of the tutorial on how to play the video game. And it's just, that's <laughs> More just weird. Yeah. I, I love that you said that. Steve, go ahead. No, I was going to say like, uh, the, the only interesting thing they add to Cole is they kind of, they create this backstory that he's of the bloodline of Scorpion. Mm-hmm. And so he is the last, you know, surviving descendant of the, a Hanzo Hasashi bloodline. And that's a big important plot. And that's a big part of his character is that he's going to awaken the spirit of Scorpion to come back somehow. But at the same time, and I want to get your guys thoughts on this. Okay. Cause this, I was on a wild ride in this aspect of the movie. Okay. So they introduced Cole and he's going to be UFC cage fighting or whatever he's doing. And there's that like piece of shit trainers. Like you that Cole. It's definitely not UFC. It's like ULT. Yeah. It's like, it's like the it's gym, 200 the, bucks a pop for that fight. The gym at the local fucking armory. Right. <laughs> right. Town, you know, but like, there's a scene where it's like him with this young girl. And immediately I think that's his sister. And then there's a woman behind him. And just by taking up context cues in the dialogue, I think, oh, that's his mother. And then like 15 minutes into the movie, he starts making out with what I think is. (laughs) And my first thought was like, that's not what you do with mommy. (laughs) (laughs) And so it threw my whole. Oh, and I was just like, oh, wait, they're together. And that's his daughter. That young girl is his daughter. And it was just one of those things where like they are completely miscast. Like they completely cast these characters completely wrong because she is way too old to be his daughter. And they just they didn't set up to be his wife. And yeah, well, they just like didn't establish who their relationships were easily. So when that came across, they did not establish the the, the relationship with his family. Most of my problems with the movie is with him is with him. So like also like I feel the same way, like he comes off as a necessity in order for the continuing conflict with Sub-Zero and Scorpion to matter at all. So we have Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Sub-Zero beats his ass in the beginning of the movie. But oops, he didn't quite kill him. But also there's a child that survived. He did kill him. He went to hell. Did he? Oh, yeah, that's true. He killed him. Well, he killed him. But so there was still a child. The child came along. And now eventually they had other children that came out to be Cole. He exists only to serve the beginning of the story where it should be vice versa. The beginning of the short, the fucking beginning should exist only to establish your character. And they did it backwards. And that is a terrible origin story. And it's never going to work. It's also just interesting in general that they use the whole mythos of sub zero versus scorpion to be the linchpin of this mortal Kombat story, which kind of, which is why I brought up the N64 transition burn earlier because that's kind of where sub-zero became the main character of mortal Kombat. am i wrong he was there was that whole game or specific you, game yeah. yeah yeah and they kind of well, like technically so they're they're 
Let me put on my nerd glasses mm. here. <laughs> well, technically, there yeah. are two sub zeros. There is the right, the good original Bihan, who is the evil one, mm-hmm. and then there is the 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 next one. Who so I he gets his Bihan kicked. So you're, oh. the game you're thinking of is the the second sub zero is the protagonist. The the, the, the younger one. the and younger good one. I was talking to my friend Jimmy on the way it's here. His Isaiah. brother, right? Yes, I talked about it earlier, and he said that he was really pissed off because apparently Scorpion in the canon does have a descendant that is like a really badass with like whip swords. Takeda. Yeah. And that's who he thought Cole Young was going to be. And he was super pissed off at the, the plot armor power that he ended up having. Um, so. Yeah. Takeda's I didn't know that, powers so I are a lot cooler compared to what Cole ends up getting, which is like, he just gets wrapped in a wicker basket and has like tonfa sticks. <laughs> yeah. He gets super like, lame. who's the, uh, the character in the Mortal Kombat game is just basically a cop. Striker. striker yeah striker he's got like yeah. the striker things and yeah. i don't know i don't striker know what they were me up Dude, <laughs> i i actually uh in mortal kombat 3 i purposefully got really really good with striker so i could mop the floor with people and embarrass Absolutely. them <laughs> i got like really a shitty character in mortal kombat 09 well, just to like like you said just to fuck with people because he's really the weirdest character in the whole mortal kombat universe because he's yeah. just a cop yeah it's like he's just like oh we have like a slightly stretched emilio estevez we put a hat on backwards like you'll give him a gun (laughs) Uh, yeah striker he has one of the best the or i'm sorry the worst uh intro dialogue that has aged poorly and that is police police brutality coming up (laughs) oh no i also love that his x-ray mover whatever is he yells spread them and then like kicks their (laughs) knees out yeah Jesus. Yeah, I got purposely good at that character so I could like mop the floor with people and they'd be like, oh, I got beat by Striker. Oh, no. You are complicit, Steve. I am sorry. And this this might be egregious, but I, I, I kind of like how they changed the Kano lore with, with he and Sonya Blade. I, I I didn't hate what they did with Kano and Sonya. I will, I will stand on this pedestal right now and say that Kano is is the best goddamn part of this movie. A hundred percent. not oh, man. even close. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, geez. So, like, I kind of had the opposite feeling. Really? Where, like, when Kano showed up, I was like, fuck yes, the movie finally has some personality to it. And I'm like, and there's the humor. But then, like, it was just a marathon of Kano lines. Oh, they beat you over the like, head with it. Yeah, to yeah. the point where it was like 10 minutes later, I was sitting, I went from legit being like, yes, the movie has some personality. I was sitting on my couch going, oh my God, shut the fuck up. Oh no, please stop talking. Oh my God. Well, the characters eventually like, say what? that. Like, why don't you but, shut the fuck up? Yeah, but like five minutes too late, man. Let <laughs> like, me ask you this, that thing. Let me I'm ask like, you this question, Alex. Yeah. Which line would you take out, sir? Would it be, what about me, Gandalf? No, you couldn't do that. Would it be, could be a frisbee hat? No, you wouldn't do that. Would it be uh, twirling his anal beads? You can't take twirling his anal beads out. So I <laughs> get where the editor was coming night. from. He's like, oh my God, this is all gold. That guy, <laughs> he's got to call him Kung Pao. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to everything else, though, like what everyone else is bringing to the table, like he's so much more entertaining than literally everybody else in that movie. Yeah, so I, I get that, why but also they kept like, all of his lines in. I don't know. I just feel like it's just, yeah, I get that. But it was for me, I'm just kind of like, this is kind of like glitter on a pimple kind of thing. <laughs> My wife was sitting next to me trying 100%. to actively trying to dislike this movie. And when Kano finally gets his powers at the dinner table, and he's like, yeah, fucking laser, baby. And he turns over, better than fireballs, you pussy. And I could see her, like, shoulder shaking, laughing. And she's actively yeah. trying not to enjoy it. And it still got to her. That's when I knew Kano was the heart and soul of this film. I, I actively tried to enjoy this. Like, I went in really excited. 
excited. And but like I wanted to go back to Andy's point about the pacing because that was my problem. And the editor I looked at is Dan uh, Leventhal, seven MCU movies under his belt. And I was like, it's edited like an MCU movie. It's edited like an action movie. And I felt like it should have been edited like a martial arts movie, Mm -hmm. because at the core of it, Mortal Kombat is still a fight tournament, you know, despite the fact that no tournament takes place. My issue was like, so there was a few spots, right? where it's hard for me to keep track of the fights when there's like 70 fucking edits a fight when it's just like, you know, 45, 50 cuts, you know, throughout the whole thing. But like there were spots where there's these really gorgeous, like wide shots where like there was a couple, I can't remember. It was like in like a, I want to call it a foundry, but it was like a warehouse, but there was like an awning, like kind of like platform situation. And like the two fighters were coming and there was like a drone shot or like a jib shot, some kind like head on, it was this wide shot. It was the two of them facing each other, like squaring up. And it looked like it's meant to look op- like the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, f- I literally watched. I was like, fuck, yes, here we go. It's gone. And like, <laughs> right. It's because it was just like edit, 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 edit. And like you'd come back to that like 14, 15 edits later. It's that wide shot again. And I'm like, no, don't even fucking tease me with it. Like, get that out of here. Like, no, thank you. And for me, I thought it's it highlighted me. It, I, I thought the fight choreography was good, but the editing really kind of like demeaned everything because when you have all those edits in a fight, you're kind of getting like, it's like playing a song on guitar one note at a time and just recording each note, putting it together and say, you played the song. It was how I felt about it where I'm just like, there's so many cuts that it cuts into the action because like, it's like, Oh, they couldn't quite pull it all off in long takes. I thought yeah. it kind of, like I said, demeaned what I thought should have been the heart of, of the movie is the combat with a C. That's what you get when you, when you watch movies like, you know, the raid or the raid two or, or old boy and you get these, uh, or even certain parts of daredevil on Netflix, not that, mm-hmm. you know, when the yeah. really good martial arts, it doesn't cut away and you know that it's all yeah. actors working you feel really the fight. hard. You see it in John wick. You, like you, you feel those difference. fights, you feel that, that visceral kind of like, you know, the, the kicks that things hurt and things mean more, but when it's just like cuts on the action every single time, like how, like, how does anything like even have some sort of impact in mm-hmm. my eyes? And that's where I thought was really like, I'm glad you mentioned the pacing. Cause I didn't feel alone in that fight. Well, I thought some of the set pieces in this film did a really good job. A couple, a couple were like, dope. none of it was like immortal iron fist egregious or anything like that, but they could I have done the better. Iron fist. <laughs> I am the immortal. I'm Danny Rand. Where is my company? I am the immortal Iron Fist. I come from Kung Lung. <laughs> Sorry, am I, I the only one who watched Iron Fist? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just letting you go because I need it. I had to get it out. I need it. I had to get it out. Uh, so, I, so you mentioned the the video game setup where they're they're side by side. There was a lot of video game nods. Can anyone guess what my favorite one was? And it was a deep cut. Mine, my favorite was uh, Sub Zero. Um, Doing a backflip away from attack coming at him and leaving the frozen uh, oh, the ice yeah. clone ice clone behind him. That was like that. That was a deep cut and that, that was, was cool. solid as fuck. That's a great one, Steve. Oh, I don't know. I th- I think my favorite was just the the kind of wins you fucking beauty. <laughs> oh, we're holding the heart of yeah. reptile and Alex. Alex, what was yours? Uh, I, I liked uh, I liked Andy's. I liked uh, Kung Pao's fatality or Kung Pao. Oh, oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> it's stuck. 
the, 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 You're liking Kano a lot more now, aren't you? The oh, that was my superpower. Spiking. <laughs> <laughs> when do I get my Hakuna Matata? <laughs> right? <laughs> so my favorite moment was uh, in the when they first begin to train, and it's uh, Liu Kang and oh, the, Kano. The sweep. And he the keeps sweep sweeping bam. his yeah. feet. He's like, stop <laughs> fucking doing that. Because when you're playing the original Mortal Kombat, there's always some fucking asshole yeah. that won't stop doing that. He's got any other moves, mate. <laughs> At one point, he jumps over. He's like, I got you. He jumps way up high like <laughs> yeah. you do in the game. Yeah. I couldn't believe that they did that. Somebody that did that played the game for endless oh, for hours. Sure. And I, I appreciated that yeah. nod. That was awesome. That was a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shit like that. Um, I, I was actually surprised at some of the deep cuts they went with. So obviously, like we mentioned before, they're saving a lot of stuff for what they, I assume they're hoping to be the sequel where they actually get into the Mortal Kombat tournament. So they saved a lot of the more well-known and established characters, I assume, for the next movie. Cause they, sort of? They pulled out some sort deep of. fucking cut characters. Like, I was not expecting... They uh, killed off Melina. Uh, well, right. well, yeah, sort of. I, I was bummed that they like killed, they killed fucking Goro. Goro was the one I was like, you can't punk Goro in this like, movie. Like dork shirt killed Goro in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> now I think, <laughs> I think Goro wherever. will come back because they were, the Shang Tsung had that moment where he like absorbed Sub-Zero. Everybody, and Goro. literally no one that's dead is dead. We can assume. Right, he's well, they, yeah. spe- they specifically only show Sub-Zero and Goro. So I assume the other asshats are dead. Sub-Zero becomes Noob Sabot. So we know that. Yeah. Um, yes. Behind Goro could be uh, what's Mintaro? No, Kintaro's a different person. Or Kintaro? Uh, I assume they they need because they need Goro for the Mortal Kombat tournament because he's the 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 champion. You know, he's always like he's the one who's won the last nine rounds. Yeah. So I always thought I thought that was weird that they punked him out in this movie. Yes. But I, I was shocked that they brought fucking D list Mortal Kombat characters, Ryko and You're the guy with, with the hammer. Yeah. Ryko I didn't Jones even know who that was. got to work too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ryko and Nintara. Is that the vampire lady? Yeah. Like those are characters that are like from one fucking game 15 years ago. The girl that got split down the middle. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a dope fatality. That was the best one. Very well done. I tell you what, and sorry to jump in, but the only thing that actively angered me, because I'm going to watch whatever one comes next, and hopefully it has the actual tournament. Oh, yeah. They alluded to Johnny Cage at the end. That's great. They, I finally got to see a version of Kung Lao. Which is my favorite character. That's who I play. Like if oh, we were, to, your dude? if we were to play tonight, that's who I would choose. Kung Lao's your favorite, and I would mop you. That's no. a good one. <laughs> and Kung they Lao's fucking good. killed him. Like, yeah. You know why? He, he's like, dead in the lore too, isn't he? Uh, well, in like Mortal Kombat 11, like half the characters are like zombie versions. So I don't yeah, like know Liu Kang's dead at some if that's point, a, yeah right. But Liu Kang like kind of turned evil and got killed and deserved it. Uh, well, yeah, in the current in the current timeline all that happened but then timelines are because they do a lot of weird shit with time in the series now so they can bring back people so right now the timelines are converging so there's present day evil kung lao and Liu kang and they have to fight you know 1990s kung lao and Liu kang who are still good gotcha gotcha yeah. gotcha i i also thought like that's my favorite character but i also thought he had one of the strongest performances um, yeah, I liked how they really like made Sony a big Blades deal. Fine, and and Jax was fine. Uh, Liu Kang was actively bad to me. He's just yeah, like, yeah, I actually, I actually like Liu Kang. He was such a, he was so like, serious. He, he, and he dorky. was so non-assuming for somebody that I hold in such high esteem for in that lore that like 
when he came off as just like some guy, I was like, oh shit, yeah, that's what he should be. He should be just a dude. I thought he was way too young. He looked like he fucking barely passed Algebra 2. In he is uh, Zach grade. in the 2017 Power Rangers movie. There you go. More Power <laughs> Rangers illusions. Bring it back. <laughs> it all comes full I, circle. Oh, oh, hey. Hey. And we're all just <laughs> naked and afraid. Uh, I... The one thing, so like on the on the characters, I and this kind of is like one of my strength. One of the things I'm like they did this was I thought they nailed how most of the characters should have moved, like yeah. compared to like their video game counterparts. Like you mentioned with Kung Lao, the one I had highlighted was Cabal. I thought yeah. they Cabal's character the, design was awesome. The issue I have with Cabal is I wrote his name down as the vulgar Mandalorian. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure I'm like, that's that's all like he showed up and started talking. I'm like, oh, no, 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 this is no. Oh, my God, stop. It's the vulgar Mandalorian. But I, like, I thought they nailed like a lot of the movements of the characters. 100%. I thought Cabal immediately came off as like a character from Borderlands. And I was actually yeah. when he first started speaking, I was like, this is awesome. I love that you have Cabal first off speaking, but yeah. being like kind of like the sassy robot man. <laughs> and, but, so sassy. but then they super overdid it and eventually i'm like you're talking way too much well that's why i asked jimmy yeah. i was like did we ever did cabal have voice lines in the game and he's like yeah and yeah. i was like okay yeah, he, he i mean it's more recent i think inclusion probably dating back to mortal kombat 9 and 2011 where they made cabal like a bronx you know, New Yorker type character. Oh, so that's that accent. Yeah. But, I, but I agree. Like what, what, what Alex said earlier about Kano about like, Oh man, I'm so down for Kano talking, but eventually it was like, Oh man, you're talking way too much. That's how I felt with Cabal. Cause mm. Cabal started talking. I'm like, wow, they actually did the fucking voice. That's great. But then there was like scenes later where he's fighting Luke Kang. He's like, Hey, I'm gonna tell you about my story, but hey, you wanna go over to Mix Place and get subs over there? And all oh, that, and it's, it's like, what are you doing? Stop talking! And he kicks him, and then Cabal's like, "I'm walking here." Yeah, it's crazy. It's, seriously, it was like between him and Kano. It was just like watching someone like practice like a tight five of like their shtick, where it's just like <laughs> fucking shut up, like for a second. And it goes back to the point where I was saying about the edits. It's, it's such a constant problem in this movie is nothing gets to breathe. Nothing gets to have its own time. Mm -hmm. And it's so just like in your face with that pacing where it is, it moves too quickly. The fights move too quickly. It's just like, I don't know. One thing I wrote down in my notes was the bar for team up movies is a lot higher than it was in 1995. <laughs> and I think that I is idea. also a kind of a small issue with this too. No, you're right. No, I, I agree. Cause even, even the 1995 movie, you know, that's a, I think a worse movie overall, but I think what that movie does better compared to this one is it really highlights the team di team dynamic between Sonya Blade, Johnny Cage and Luke Kang. Like they feel like a team mm -hmm. that are working together that are, you know, trying to stop evil where like, I don't get that feeling of, of camaraderie between the characters in this movie. It's there between Sonya and Jax. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Sure. Yeah. Um, and they made again, they, with the Kano inclusion, they made it strange, but Sure. Um, and also the whole Sonya doesn't belong here, but she can hang out like our, her character arc is very strange to me where she finally she's super happy to get her little dragon tattoo. It becomes the girl with the dragon tattoo. And it's, <laughs> it's very strange. Nice. Um, yes. There's a weird good. thing yeah. where you, you have to be chosen to be in the tournament and you get that by having a birthmark. But you can if some if so, if Andy has a birthmark and I kick his ass, you got to kill him and kill him mm -hmm. i get the birthmark correct now. and then because i have the birthmark i can go to 
I, I don't. I don't know. Do go you to your death. Do you have to go to the fucking the demons? Do you have to go to the cave palace, or do you, can you get it anywhere? You can you get your you get like a Hakuna Matata or whatever they call it, and you get superpowers because you have that mark. Correct. Wonderful. You phrase. unlock your your inner power. Yeah. At some point later. So there's so Sonya's arc is she doesn't have one of those tattoos, but Kano does. Right. And as soon as they made that point. Early on in the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, she's gonna, gonna fuck, she's gonna fuck kill Kano. She's gotta, okay. She gets in the tournament I for sure. Because that's like a defining feature between those characters as Sonya and Kano are like arch rivals. Right. But the canon is that he has like murdered her partner or her family or something, right? Her partner, yeah. 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 So anyway. Uh, speaking of the Ar- the Arcana, um did, were we not gonna mention Jax's like baby arms? <laughs> He's a transformer. <laughs> like and his power presupposes that he gets his arms ripped off by Sub Zero. Because yeah, that 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 being his arcana was a problem for me. And like, yeah. and let's just walk walk me through this, okay? So the little monks of the Raiden Temple have the cave. It used to be a temple thousands of years ago where people worshipped, but it and looks like a cave. Now. Yeah, so the Raiden Cave, right? These monks have traveled to other realms, scouring the knowledge of all of the realms to be able to fix this man's arms. And the best they could do. Like they do know how to it's like century droid arms from attack of the clothes. They do know how to attach metallic arms somehow microscopically, microscopically connected to all of the right neurons in his brain and everything, but they couldn't quite pull off making them be able to do anything. They're all spindly. I love that line where Kano's like, nice arms, mate. They come immense sizes. Yeah. And Jax is just this giant jacked dude looking down at his right. little sticks like, damn it. Yeah. And then his arcana is he just gets like bigger ones, robotic, bigger yeah, arms. Yeah. It's that mama bear. Strength. That was 100% one that I was just like, it's moral combat. Yeah. I don't care. Sure. I mean, I'm yeah, just saying now care. it's our job, Andy. And I, I, right. I was more upset. Like what Chris alluded earlier. It's like, how did he get the little stick arms? Right. Who's the fucking like mechanical dude in the back? It's like, I got this one, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. The monk that installed those is the same guy that works at HBO Max, the streaming network and dropped. <laughs> the monks had just, just this like, league on Tom and Jerry. We tried our best. That would have been better than like we scoured the nine realms to find <laughs> I've somebody. Got six the- bolts and a copy of Banjo and Kazooie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep, like, I don't know what you're going to do with that second one, but the bolts probably help. And I like how he ends up trying to fight with them. And he's like, you eh, get this whole like, he doesn't do bad. I'm which use is my strong hand vibe. <laughs> yeah. From Scary Movie 2. I just wish right? there was one shot like when, when uh, Sonya's like, you could do this Jax, punch one, two, one, two. And he's like, I can't do it. And it it cuts to one of the monks in the background named Paul. And Paul's like, listen, I did my best. All right. We're in a fucking cave. I got Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps. Tony Stark (laughs) built this in a cave with scraps. I don't want to come on here and feel like I'm shitting on the movie. One thing I did want to highlight is treating Sub-Zero like a horror movie character when he's stalking Cole and Jax and like Cole's family. You like, didn't like that, dude, that opening? I thought that was amazing. That shit was so cool. That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, I yeah. loved that. Like, oh, when you he like showed it? up okay. and he's just like lurking in the fog or like his like ice fog and or whatever. And he's like zipping into all, the fog like, and, and into the alleyway. All the and stuff come up. I loved that. Like, I was like, that, I was like, come, coming off of those first seven minutes, right? That, that, that they give away for free. Cole's kind of introduction and then like into that. I'm like, okay, like we're on a good pace yeah, here. Yeah, and yeah. then, yeah, I just, it, 
I don't know. It just did not come together for me. I end. love the but idea like, of like anywhere that it's raining is sub zero's fucking that that's ground zero for him. You know what I mean? Well, like, and then like that spot where she's like, oh, let's pack up the car. Let's go. Like, and she's getting her, her daughter sister together. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's and like, she's walking and you can kind of see like a little bit of frost on the glass on the mm-hmm, door, like, yeah. and, like the windows. And like when she comes back through and he's standing there, yeah. like the way they handled sub zero was they awesome. did yes. awesome with Sub Zero. They yes. really did. Like yeah. yes. every one of his abilities, they they did every one of the iconic ones. Like mm-hmm. the slide back, they did the the dash away with the leaving the clone behind. They did the shoot forward. They did mm-hmm. the fucking uh, the ice sword. They did the yeah. ice sword, which that, yeah. that's actually a, a fairly. I think was that nine when they introduced that. No, I think it was four. Was it? Yeah. Um, but it, like whenever they started introducing weapons. Uh, Anyway, point being, they they uh, they did really good with Sub Zero, and he's yeah. always been my homie. So, like, even if it's good Sub Zero, bad Sub Zero, he's always been my go-to. Like, Steve and I played some Mortal Kombat the other day, and he whooped my ass because <laughs> he, he he is way better than me at Mortal Kombat. And then I busted out Sub Zero, and then I finally got my win. I got I got a win go. because yeah, Sub-Zero yeah, is no my one no one homie. beats no one beats Andy thirty six times in a row, <laughs> <laughs> or puts him in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you beat me thirteen or fourteen more times. I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, you're right. They, yeah, like, it, so it's cool. so interesting that they handled. So, certain characters so well like sub-zero and kung lao i thought they did great with kung lao is just chef's kiss um i thought sonya blade was handled fairly well for what she is Jax, when he finally became Jax, was was great um i just i, I there were no major missteps in the characters i mean i thought raiden was poor i thought it was raiden wasn't good uh, I mean, yeah. he's compared, to, he's the only one that's an improvement on the 1995 was, version i'm really glad that you were more true to what he probably would look like and yeah, but he's also like, like four foot two and like every shot is Sonya Blade looking down on him. They do make him look itty bitty, don't they? Yeah, he looks tiny. And then they did this weird thing where he just disappears for a while. And actually, it's funny you bring up um, Power Rangers, Alex. There's a shot when Shang Tsung and his his, his goons like show up in the temple and they're going to wreck He looks shit. like Zordon. Well, no. Well, he does this weird thing where he's like, oh, get out of my temple or whatever he says. And there's a weird CGI cut that's like this real close-up shot of what you find out is his like dragon staff. It's a thing that Kano cuts in half. Yeah, oh, like, that was mm-hmm. a weird shot. It dude. was this weird CGI shot of a dragon, and then it yeah. went to everything else. But they had not established what that was yet. So when it happened, I looked at my buddy. I'm like, "What fucking Power Rangers bullshit was that?" <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like a smash cut in on the head of that staff, dude. It was yeah, super weird. there was no context for what that was. Yeah. So when it happened, it was so out of place and weird. And also, and then Kano comes out and throws it down. Like I don't know, like. I got fucking Kano's back, everybody. <laughs> my fucking dick. Oh, you want my dragon tattoo, honey? You're like, oh, God damn it. Kano's. <laughs> Did you guys see? I'm 100% sure there's a matte painting in this movie. Did you guys notice uh, it? A what painting? A matte painting? M A T T E? Yeah. Like, you know how in old movies that you know there's no CGI in older films, sure. so they would actually have an actual painting to make it seem like there was a draw distance oh uh no okay i didn't Uh, notice this so there's a scene where it's right when they get to raiden's temple and it's like an establishing shot of um you know how like 
Yeah, the it's, dunes it, with the three like um, aqueducts. Yeah, and it's clearly a fake shot, but something about it looked like a matte painting. It did not look mm. like bad CGI. Fuck, guys, we've spent fifty one point nine million dollars. <laughs> what do we do? Blow up a giant photo, and we we'll got a hundred grand left. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> I would have, I would, I would have loved more practical effects. Yeah, for sure. You know, especially like kind of like hammer that gore home. They give me like some exploitation kind of film level, like early John Carpenter kind of like blood and gut shit. You know, if you're going for that hard R, like chase it. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought and the the, the Shang Sun that we got, while I love that actor, I can't stand. I could not stand him as Shang Sun. He dude. was not nefarious enough. I just no. looked at him as a. I am very good at calculation. Yeah, fucking, <laughs> fucking Dark Knight. Yeah. You know, like I yeah. could not look past that character. Yeah. I just don't know why they didn't. They should have just gotten. Um, I'm gonna. What's his fucking name? The guy from the original movie, Carrie. I, I mean, he is the. Movie. He is Shang Sun. I think isn't sure. like the the video game model like his model face it now. Is, it's now, his yeah. voice too. Now, yeah, yeah, that's insane. Like he is Shang Sun. I'm just sure. get him. He's, he's still around. He needs work too. Damn it's, it. He. I mean, he, very similar to Street Fighter with Raul Julia just crushing it as M Sabat. You know. Yep. Hundred percent. Yep. So that was disappointment. Or in for Bison. Me. Jesus Christ! I'm rusty. We got today. it. We got it. We knew it. <laughs> you, you're in Mortal Kombat world. That's why you thought Cybot. Cybot. You know? Right. <laughs> but overall, I, really I think this, this film is a net good for the universe. Yeah. I do. The movie ended, and I honestly like. I know we made fun of it that like the Mortal Kombat tournament is nowhere to be seen in this movie. The movie ends, and my first thought was like, "Well, I can't fucking wait for the second one. I'm." I can't wait for the actual movie that I got this extended trailer for. (laughs) I was testing Alex the other day and uh, he said that uh, he he was talking about the first uh, Mortal Kombat and he said, but I something, something I hated Annihilation. And in my head, I immediately went Annihilation, the fucking uh, follow up to Ex Machina from Alex Garland. I actually really (laughs) I actually kind of like that movie. And I was like, you know what? I I, would have liked it more if it wasn't a follow up to Ex Machina. But overall, I kind of enjoyed that movie. It's like, no, I'm talking about the Mortal Kombat movie. I'm talking about a movie that would be relevant to this discussion, Andy. Right. He's like, no, I fucking loved Annihilation. That movie was amazing. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I kind of did too. I was trying to play to the audience there. I I was like, oh, I forgot that Mortal Kombat Annihilation was a thing. I forgot that. There was a follow up to the original. Yeah. Seeing Annihilation, the actual, about it. not Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but the no- Annihilation, seeing that in theaters was one of the best theater experiences I've ever had because the not people bad. who were in the theater with me were not on board. And it was <laughs> great <laughs> seeing their reactions to that film. That's what I, I miss most about a theater is the uh, obscure art house films. And people who accidentally Ooh, bought Natalie tickets. Portman. <laughs> <laughs> right. When I when I saw Rise of Skywalker, the dude next to me, the tenant trailer played, and he looks at the woman next to him and he goes, I don't know about that one. But the second, the very next trailer was Doolittle. And the second it started, he went, Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, this guy, this guy gets it. This, this guy's guy in for a good it. time, not a long yeah, time, you know? Crazy. We should have like, that he wants guy to do little. He wants to see a lot and do little. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah. That's Iron Man talking to cats. Right? What more do you need? He probably loved that. That fucking monkey's voice by John Cena? Give me that. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking can't wait to see that. Give me that. That's like my raisinettes. I want that. 
I'm the only one that buys the raisinets. I don't know why I said that out loud. I just outed myself. <laughs> I love raisinets. Thanks, Andy. What are, you, what are you, like 70? Hi, neighbors. <laughs> Andy puts them in the popcorn for us. And every now and then you just get a little sweet treat with your salty. Because mm-hmm. it's I dark it. and you don't know what you're going to get mm-hmm. in that popcorn bag. He also puts a hole in the bottom of his pocket. <laughs> he does. A little, <laughs> little sweet treat. More so that snow cat. (laughs) (laughs) Working my way up to it. (laughs) Well, I think the dick jokes usually herald the end of our show. Quick Um, quick question. Yeah. Why did Scorpion have to keep taking his mask off to talk? To humanize him. And to put it back on. It was lame that he kept putting it back on. I mean, the, the, the very last note I have about Mortal Kombat is all of the masked actors made me appreciate Tom Hardy's Bane so much more. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, acting with the eyes. I, I understand like what I, I Dark Knight Rises is my favorite of that trilogy, but that's neither here nor there. Wow. Uh, wow. That's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> Bring it back. That's a bold uh, move, Cotton. What's that? I said that is a bold move, Cotton. It, I, I I understand, but it, that's just how I feel. And it's right. But it's, <laughs> okay. it's that the whole thing. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> that, that's my opinion. And it's factual. But uh, yeah, no, it made me sit there and be like, wow, like it really makes me appreciate not even that, but just like Pedro Pascal and the Mandalorian. Like it makes me appreciate this. Yeah, we don't even get the eyes. Who and that's not even the him. helmets or act with this obscure like the same him convey. in the helmet, too. So it's like an even more meta layer. Yeah, like just being able to be like, oh, cool, like I can convey like action. And like, I felt like that was just one of those things where I'm like, that's that just felt lacking. I don't sure. know. Like I said, I don't think 50, it's it's fair. I feel like I shit on it a lot. I think it's a fair. No, movie. I don't it's think okay. you, you gave it what, it, you know, I, it's got everything a, you said has been, you know, more than valid. Yeah, 100 percent valid. Mm-hmm. I think about 50, it's got a, what, like a 50 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I would say but no one listens to Robert Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> about, <laughs> Mr. Robert Tomatoes. About half of the critics I follow on Twitter um, thought it was a huge miss. And about half just said it fucking rules. Had yeah. fun. Like nobody's going to come out and be like, well, the, the mise on scene, uh, <laughs> you know, nobody's going to do that with Mortal Kombat. It's just, no. you know, you had, you had a good, t- it's a good sit as they say. I, I will not actively seek to watch it again. That's what I was going to say earlier. I forgot. So as much as I really did like it, I had a great time. I will not watch this again. Probably glad um, I didn't have to really pay like actual dollars out of my pocket for it. You know, outside of like recurring subscription charge. Yes. Like, then feel like I paid for it. Yeah. Um, worth the price of the admission to my couch. But I mean, I pay for shit all the time that I, I don't shop really. So I'm just like $6 to watch Overlord. Sure. <laughs> and I'm over here like $5 for a white t-shirt. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I barely wear them. How much right. do diapers cost? <laughs> do we have any other f- closing thoughts on Mortal Kombat that we'd like to share? I, I, I'm curious what, character from mortal Kombat would you guys have liked would have liked to have seen in this movie that you didn't get to see Ooh, for me it is a good sector. question sector that mm. the evil cyborg the evil cyborg mm. you know i'm, I'm, I'm oh go ahead Alex. Go, go ahead. No, no, sorry go ahead you i just you. think he's dope oh i was gonna say they they teased it but i would have loved to have seen johnny cage johnny cage to me is such an intro level mortal Kombat character mm-hmm. like for him not to be in the introduction of the movie is it feels weird and he's it's one of my so favorite just characters. killing him off in the beginning. Oh my god! Don't even get. Don't even so, open that wound. <laughs> so, as as a wrestling fan, there people are 
kind of right now hounding for the Miz to be yes, Johnny Cage. Yes. How would you feel about that? A hundred percent on board. <laughs> I am a hundred percent on board with it too. But for me, it's one of those where it's like, they will not let him get brutalized on screen though. Well, they won't let him get brutalized. And as we know, as wrestling fans, the Miz isn't a great worker. So <laughs> he's safe though. He is safe, but he, but he basically is Johnny Cage, the character right. just in real life. You know, he even wears the sunglasses and you know, he's a Hollywood guy. No, he would be perfect for that role in all honesty. So I'm not wrong. Sector is the red one, right? Yes, he is ketchup smoke. Uh, what's the yeah, yellow I, one? I was going to say Cyrax. Cyrax was yeah. I would have picked. Cyrax would have been my pick. Cyrax is your pick. Okay. Yeah. The uh, good cyborg. I would have liked to see them lean more into the horror elements that they dabbled with, or even just the weirdness in general, and do um, like Baraka. Uh, I think that would have been a wonderful, it, especially assassin. with yeah. like the CG that they did in this movie. Yeah, Dude, they swap they out Baraka with Melina, and I think because Melina's a bigger character, lore rise than lore wise than Baraka. Yeah, and that way, save or don't kill her off, or yeah. whatever they're going to do, or even Quan Chi. You know, if they wanted to be like super weird and just say fuck it, we're going to go full uh, Simon Ooze with this, and just you know, <laughs> <laughs> when they were going through the temple, and Sonny's like, oh my god, it's the whole history of Mortal Kombat, and it's like the stained glass, of like Gora ripping that guy in half. Were there? Am I? Did I? Did I dream this or something like that? But wasn't there like a frame they showed where there was like three people that kind of looked like Baraka? But without like the blades for hands, I feel like there was like some pasty, tall, like white, skeleton looking dudes. <laughs> there might have been. I, I know Barack is just one of one member of the Tarkatan people. Yeah, there's supposed to be a many, yeah. many, many Barakas out there. Barakans. Barakans. <laughs> I was like, oh, Barakans. Barakan Obamas. <laughs> like, I'm trying to guess fucking Star Trek people. <laughs> I didn't see him. The only Easter egg I saw Andy mentioned earlier was the, the Night Wolf newspaper clipping and Sonya uh, Katana's fans are also mm-hmm. oh, okay. passed by nice. at some point. There nice. was also Down Forward LP written on the wall behind the fight of Sub-Zero. Is that what Jack? that said? Behind Sub Zero and Jax when they're fighting, it's head down forward LP. Like low punch? Like down forward light punch. Interesting. Oh. Which is uh, how you shoot the. That's the freeze how, move. How you yeah. freeze. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. That was good. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that about wraps up our discussion on Mortal Kombat. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Alex. Are you kidding me? I Thank really you for appreciate it. Yeah, man. We Thanks. saw his Absolutely. tweet. He's like, I've been watching a lot of movies. I'm in real danger of starting a movie podcast right now. I am like almost 400 movies deep in this one year of working from home. <laughs> it, is, it is ridiculous. I, I am jealous of you, sir. And I, I have oh to say, God. I think I speak for all of us when you're welcome on this show anytime. Hell yeah. I appreciate it, y'all. Um, you, you, you guys are the uh, second and third people I have spoken to from high school in the last like 10 years. Here you go. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what we're covering next week to our listeners. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about the results of the Oscars, but I don't think we have anything planned as per usual. So we'll update you on our Twitter feed. Speaking of which, you can follow me on Twitter at C Michael writes as in what Shakespeare does Andy at Andy most days. And I am Steve may 13 and Alex, where can we find you on Twitter? I am. It's all subjective without the E at the end. All right. And is there anything you want to plug or anything you're working on? Yeah, nah, fuck it. they can find it if they want to. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fucking guy in Southwest Ohio. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, email us anytime you like. We love hearing from our fans at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Happy streaming. Happy my, streaming. My new sign off. See y'all. Love you, Alex. Love you, Alex.